Hey residents of Meeple Town, this is Dean. Johnny Fix It. And today we're going to be reviewing Red Rising. And hey, John, let's talk about a bunch of games. How about that? Bunch of games. We're going to talk about a bunch of games. And then we're going to a also bunch of, bunch of, bunch of games. respond to the Golden Geek Awards, 2020 Golden Geek Awards. Thanks we're for joining us. Are we for sending him a letter or something? Episode number 74. All right, residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his rain boots on, his raincoat on, his rain hat. Do you have a rain hat, Dean? No, I'm not Paddington Bear. Well, that's what I was picturing. Yeah? It's come a flood in Tennessee, ain't it, Dean? Yeah, it's not just water. I, did you get some hail? I was I was driving and I got some, some hail. I did my not. Car. Couldn't drive faster than like maybe 20 miles an hour it was it was rough out there i think it's my purity hail can't come near me oh boy it's hail nailed that one. Oh, hail this is <laughs> getting out of control <laughs> i don't know where to go from there well dean is dressed up i'm not even gonna say do you know why dean's <laughs> dressed up like that because it's raining like crazy who did you say you are johnny what fix it johnny hey speaking of if we're really quiet right now, we could hear a sander going in the back because part of Meeple Town's getting painted. I will say this, y'all. If it's annoying you right now, we're going to shut the episode off and pause it, and then we'll get right back to it. All right, Meeple Town, so we are back. We are having it painted, like I said earlier. They didn't even know. They didn't know. And, that, and the, 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 the guys were in there sanding away. But I'm Johnny Fix-It twofold. That reason, because they're fixing the... It's it's an ugly color. We have that would be Ryan fix it, not Johnny fix yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. We have like these like whoever picked the colors. It's like salmon, and it's just and and then our trim is not white. It's you know wooden trim. It just really looks. I just don't know who picked that. It's a. I did. It was ugly. I did. I know you did. Would that be awkward if I really did? Does it make you hungry looking at that color? You're like, hmm, salmon. I could really lick these walls right now. Mm, nope. But another reason I'm Johnny fix it was. Last night, Dean and I played some games together. That was awesome. We haven't played games together in a long time, like a night of games in yeah. a long time. And we were he were over till about after midnight. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, I'm very tired. Yeah, very I am tired. very tired. And um, old man Dean doesn't like those late nights anymore. Well, I'm like ready to go to bed. Like man, it's been a late night. Then I get a text from my my cousin, a call. He's like, John, my truck was smoking, and so now I'm like, oh. So I had to go out and help him out. The problem was he had no radiator fluid or coolant at all. You should be Johnny and Goodfriend. It was just like, be. I'm like, how does this get this dry, buddy? He's like, well, I think there's been a leak. <laughs> like, you don't check it. <laughs> My cousin doesn't. He just, like, flows with life. Like, he doesn't think about it. So, yeah, who cares? So, anyway, that was it. Oh. All right. Dean's banging his microphone over there. I don't have a good place to put. Something's not right with this setup today. Yeah, I don't know. My microphone is not, it's not, you know, I, I can usually reach over, grab my cup of coffee, take a drink. You can't know. No issues. Now I'm bumping into my stand here. Oof. Let's do a poll. What do you think? All right. Let's just dive what right in. What you got in. here? Okay. Okay, so this poll was based on last week, or two weeks ago. Sorry, I'm putting my, see, I got, I got hard copy, y'all. I'm old school John. Uh, was based last week on the cheating comments that we had. Dean and I were talking about that. I can't remember how that came up. Do you remember? It doesn't matter. So the question I, is... You that, were cheating in a game that we were no, playing. That's no, not that's that. probably not right. All right, Dean. So the question is, 
Be honest. Have you ever cheated in a board game? Have I ever cheated in the board game? So this is that's it. So what do you think Meeple Town said? Have you have they cheated? And that, right. my exact question is: Have you ever cheated in a board game? I think here's what I think, John. You ready for this? I mean, yeah. I think the people in the guild are very honest people. That's what I think. I think that they are honest and they're not cheaters. That's that's what okay. I think. So I think that. Uh, let's see. I think that the. You want the whole number? Or you want just like broken down between the two? What, what do you mean? Like, do you want Twitter and the guild combined? It's combined. Okay. I can tell you the differences after, but the answer to these questions are always combined. All right. I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna break it down anyway. I don't care what you oh say. Oh my gosh. All right. So the guild. I think they're honest people, and I think that we're probably looking at somewhere around sixty percent that are not cheaters. Maybe forty percent that are. That's that's my guess. Twitter is a bunch of cheaters is what I think. I don't think that, that the, it's the cream of the crop on Twitter. <laughs> you like that? Twitter bashing. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. So I'm going to say flip that. There right? are cream of the crop people on Twitter, but there's also a lot of non <laughs> not cream of the crop. I'm going to flip that. Okay. So I'm going to say about, uh, yeah, 60% okay. cheaters, 40% non-cheaters. And then I'm going to- So gonna, who wins? So- Overall, we're going to have more Twitter people. So I'm going to say about, let's see, yes to the cheaters, about 52.4% is my guess. And then 47. Are you looking at this? No, come on. You're cheating. (laughs) You are, you sack of dung. I have to cheat on the cheating question, right? Oh, that's good. Did you like my reasoning though? You, you didn't catch it till the very, like, no. Well, I, whatever you initially said, the you know whenever you did the guild and we're like 60 40 i'm like all right this guy probably looked at it and but most I, of my I, guesses I wasn't are about getting, that though so. but i wasn't getting that you were cheating on the cheaters thing yeah most of my guesses hang around that 60 40 line i think well is that disappoint you i'm a little disappointed add, but another, dean, add another yes on there because i just cheated in a so game that dean we nailed it obviously <laughs> since he's a cheater overall 52 percent Say yes. Did that surprise you? Like, if you hadn't looked at that, would you be surprised? Because that fifty-two percent of people admitted, "Yeah, I've cheated in the game." Yeah, before. I appreciate the honesty of Maple Town. That's what I. That's that's what my takeaway from that. I and, thought, that and was I don't want to play games with any of them. Well, I would. Say, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> the only thing is, though, is if you take the phrase because I at first I, I deleted the poll. I first said, "Do you cheat in board games?" But I thought no one's probably going to say yes to that, or very few people. But then, like. Yeah, so like Peter Schott says, ever goes back a long ways. And that's true. Like there are probably some people that haven't cheated in their adult life, but they're like, yeah, I mean, I cheated in Monopoly when I was a kid. So I guess it depends on how you, what you view board games. You know what I mean? Like how you thought about that question. Because if yeah. that's the answer, yeah. I've probably cheated in a board game. But oh, I, I for sure have. I've always had this honesty problem. <laughs> Oh, not, not me. Honesty. Not me as a kid. I wasn't. It's not like I was a cheater, but it was like, you know, it was like a white lie kind of thing. Yeah. It's okay if I cheat a little bit. I mean, bit. I've definitely lied in my life to get out of problems and stuff like that, but I don't know if I've cheated to win a board game. I'm the youngest of, of four, and when we play board games, and we played a lot of board games as kids, I, I wanted an advantage sometimes. Do you blame me? No, I mean, have I ever been tempted to cheat? I mean, sure. Like, 
especially whenever Dean's on a dead gun winning streak, just like mowing me over. And I was like, dang, if I just did this, I could win this game. Cause that it's has so not tight. been, that's not been lately. You've no. been, you've been breaking that well, kind of. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. So a, a few comments from the guild. So Jennifer Davis says, I assume that getting a rule wrong isn't, doesn't count as cheating. Basically that's called honest cheating, which I agree with that statement. We like, honestly honest cheat a lot. Well, my response was if that's cheating, then Dean cheats every single game that we play. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we both do. Yeah, I do. I do just as much as you do. Uh, but I just like to bash you. Just we have a lot of asterisks next to our wins, especially on our first plays of, of games. Oh, there you go. It's true. That's very true. And, yeah, JTR says, I've never cheated. I've also never lied about anything. Oh, well, Ever. there we go. Ever. I like that. So, you know, that's the lie. <laughs> so, I think JTR is like kind of going for your style. Let me see. I think there's a couple comments on this as well. Uh, oh, yeah, Ryan mm-hmm. Ryan says, um, asking cheaters to be honest, and then like a little question mark. It's true. <laughs> That's a good point. That was a really good point. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's anonymous, right? Mm-hmm. Is it all, like even on the Guild, It's you can't see what people so vote literally da- David Mann's response was, it's anonymous, so it's not that weird, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, I thought that was a great one by Ryan, though. I laughed whenever he said that. Out Do loud. you think David was um, outing himself as a cheater by saying that? Maybe. That's <laughs> it's like, hey, maybe we're going to be honest about this thing. I can't trust anyone. That's what I'm, my takeaway is on this. I'm not going to play with any games with anybody. I'm going to play solo games. I thought this was. I thought that was interesting. It did. I agree with you that – oh, go ahead. I just realized. I cheat in solo games. I'll go ahead and say that. I do. Really? Yes. I cheat in solo games sometimes. So, what do you mean? So there is a game recently, um, Seventh Seventh Continent. Okay. Okay. So Seventh Continent. <laughs> Playing Meeple Town. You? I'm I'm looking something up for an actual reason, and the Meeple Town video just went off. Okay. Okay. So Seventh Continent is a good, good example of that. I've made it pretty far into the scenario that I've been playing, which is fantastic. We're not talking about that game, but it's a lot of fun. But I don't want to die. Like, I don't want it to end. <laughs> and so, like, basically, when you get through the deck, when the curse card comes up in from the discard pile, then you lose the game. And that's happened. And I just throw it back in there, shuffle it back in, and then try again. So, there you go. So I know that I've lost, but it's more about the experience than it is about winning or losing. So, yep, yep. I cheat. I'm a cheater, John. Good thing I didn't vote. Well, there you go. I want to know do people cheat in solo games. I'm going to change I, your I, name to Cheatin' Dean. I think I'm not the only one who does that. I bet a lot of people cheat in solo games, especially in like narrative-driven games where it's more about the story. Would you think that's the case? Maybe. Would you cheat? Um, if I was really into the story and really far, and it was a game like if you were playing Sleeping Gods and you are playing hardcore mode, then maybe. Maybe not, though. If I was playing hardcore mode, I probably wouldn't. Because that's the whole point of it. But I would never play hardcore mode. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Dean. I, maybe I would be the most tempted to do that or to, you know, redo a few turns. You know, like, oh, I did. Like, I don't mind redoing the turn if I notice it before it's, you know. But if I, like, go three turns back and go, oh, but if I would have done that, I could have done that. And if I would have done that, I could have done that. I would probably do something like that. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't just totally cheat. And but no, like, that is cheating, I guess. And there are exceptions. So, uh, Ryan Fournier, he's a listener. Ryan has been playing through the uh, Marvel marvel champions like those mm-hmm. different campaigns boxes mm-hmm. or whatever and he's hardcore about it like he'll yeah. he'll lose and just take it and just keep playing it over and over again that's how i pretty much am and i feel like in a lot of games i am but in seventh continent type games i'm not i'm a cheater well, there there's no way around it 
Can we talk about Golden Geek Awards? No. Oh man. We have to talk about. A, I was. That's why I was pulling up a YouTube channel. A comment that came through on the YouTube channel. So you know we have the trolling the trolls that I do, but I'm, I need oh, to have goodness, a new gracious. one that's like called praising the princes or something like that. So there was this comment uh, a couple days ago from Hasim Ahmad, and he writes, "I wasn't gonna say this, but John is literally my favorite person ever." Even though he doesn't get scapegoat, which I liked scapegoat, but I didn't love it. He's still, I don't know, just amazing. Ever? Like favorite literally person it says, ever. I wasn't going to say this, but John is literally my favorite person ever. Who said this again? Uh, Hasim Ahmad. Okay. You have no idea how giant John's head is right now. <laughs> no, no, no. The reason I actually brought this up was because I was thinking about this in life. I Because I recently had a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine said, I did not like you the first time I met you. <laughs> and so I realized, I didn't realize that my personality because it's a little bigger, but I'm not like one of those crazy big personalities, right? Like, you know, those people that are just like, wow, here I am in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not that, but I ha- it's very polarizing. So if you go on the YouTubes, I'm also going to get the worst comments as well. <laughs> it's like Dean's like the more even kill, which we need, but I'm the one that's going to either get like, Hey dude, your man bun looks stupid or <laughs> you think you're really cool. And like that, most of the bad troll ones have gone towards me, but then some of the praise ones go towards me as well. So that's kind of interesting. Isn't most it? Most of the bad trolling ones are kind of silly anyway, I would say like, I, I laugh a lot. Kind of those. ridiculous. Uh, unless like we really, you know, butchered rules in a game or something like that. That's different. But you know, speaking of troll, the trolls, maybe I should find that I should balance it out with, you know, hold up. Let me see if I can find this real quick. There was one that was, really funny the other day would you like to fill in for me for a second dean i can't fill in with this topic i was about to bring up in our in our show notes john we neglected to put this in there so i had to slide this this in but i'll I'll wait until you're done i I wish i could think of more like trashing besides just your man bun have you had anything that like ever hurt your feelings while i'm looking this up like like genuinely like you read you're like that kind of stings just a little bit Oh, on the, like, through Meeple Town? Yeah. Mm, I don't, I mean, obviously nothing that lasted long enough for me to remember at this point. But honestly, the biggest thing, like, if we, if I know that it's me that really messed up rules in a video. Then you would actually feel bad about that. I feel bad. And if somebody calls me out, them calling me out doesn't make me feel bad. It's the fact that I messed up. Got you. So the comment is, the guy in the red hat, which was me isn't as charming or funny as he thinks he is. Take it down a notch. Focus on the game. Keep it clear and concise. He's got a point, John. John, just take it down a notch, man. <laughs> I just don't understand that I just I'm just having fun. That's who I am. I had another guy at like at the at my church say, "Dude, I didn't like you for like a year or so because like I like it was John Mueller. He listens oh, to okay. this. Like yeah. he told me one day like we sat down and he was like, "I just honestly, I just thought that cuz I'm I'm kind of I don't know if flamboyant's the right word, but like I, I'm, a, you know, I, I get excited. Boisterous would be better. Right? Like I get excited about things, and he thought that I was just like really fake. Like, dude, you're just fake, bro. And I was, and so like I was like, okay, so interesting. So yeah. I think sometimes people think that I think I'm funny and stuff like that, and like I'm, I'm just having fun. Like yeah. my life is honestly, my life is basically a big joke. <laughs> Are you all right? This is no, but seriously, like I mean, you saw like last night the way my wife and I like. Like that's all I do all the time is tell jokes. 
They're not funny sometimes. They're mean. They're hurtful. They can be. <laughs> I have to watch that balance. There's certain people I can do that to and certain people I can't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, some most of the time, my wife, I probably shouldn't, but sometimes it's just too good of a joke. <laughs> you, you know, like, I have a harder time. Maybe not. Maybe that's a little harsh, but, you know, being around people that are like, I can't tell when you're joking or when you're serious. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm joking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, in in scenarios where it seems like that's out of place that he would say that, that's because I wouldn't really say yeah. that. You know what I mean? But not everybody gets that. It's happened to me as before too. Is before too. The, is, this this troll was Mercury Two W O on YouTube. He's not a troll. <laughs> maybe he's trying to give you some positive advice. Go get him, Evil Town. He's trying to balance things out from Hasim telling you that you're the greatest person to ever walk the you earth. Go to the Sleeping Gods, you know, video, and if you want to let him have it, go. For it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it's funny because you wore the sleeping. You wore the sleepy cap for Sleeping Gods. I know. I know. So like that. Was Maybe he purposeful. thought that I was trying to be charming with that or something. I don't know. Did we even mention that in the video? We mentioned the hat, yeah, because I did like I think I laid on your shoulder and act like I was sleeping or something. Or I, no, I was like putting it in your face, the hat. So John, send him to the watchdogs. Sick him, watchdogs. That's yeah, what John wants you to do. No, I don't. All right. Hey, we didn't put this in the show notes, but we have a Patreon. John? Oh, dude. Yeah, we got to talk about that. Yeah, Great let's talk point. about the, the Patreon. Why are we starting a Patreon, John? So we actually had a few people, not a ton, I'm going to be real, but a few people say- Hundreds of people. Say, hey, would you guys, if you guys start a Patreon, we'd like to donate to you. And I, as I've said on the podcast, like if anyone wants to send us money, we'll take it. I mean, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So we did. We d- we decided to honest, to start a Patreon, but not just for that reason. Dean and I have had these conversations a lot. Um, Meeple Town can get expensive. Um, we've definitely spent more money than we've than Ooh. we've made. Oh, a lot. We don't more. make very much. So, you know, we were hesitant to do it because, like, honestly, don't really like asking people, you know, for money or whatever. But I do like. But then I'm kind of a hypocrite because for other content creators, like, yeah, we want to support people. Like, that'd be great. They we so it's just harder when you're asking for yourself. I don't know why. It is is what it is. I I run a nonprofit where I have to ask we both for, do. My, We're for both. my yeah for myself for money. I'll, like I have to raise my own salary. Yeah. So like, it's but it's really difficult. Yeah. Like I never get really that used to it. You know. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, I'm with you, and it, you know, it, it, that's exactly what I was gonna say, John. We both we we both run nonprofits and and raise money to, for our own salaries and and for everything else. The the thing is like. If you don't want to give, don't give. That's fine. But if you absolutely, but if you matter. like what we do and you feel like I would like to, you know, kind of build that up, help them build that up more. That's a great way to do that. I mean, yeah. encouraging words are helpful too, even if it's blowing smoke at John. No, I mean that's, the emails. That's fine too. Yeah, I mean, I love we love whenever we get an email that say because I mean, in reality, I mean, this is just a not to talk about us, but all content creators pour a lot of hours generally into creating content. Like yeah. one video. You're going to play the game two, three, four, you know, two at the minimum, you know, times, shoot the video, edit the video. Like it's hours and hours. And then you get like 150 views sometimes, you know, that's right. Um, it, which is fine, which equates to basically no money, you know? So anyways, it's, but yeah, but it's, we do it cause we love it. That's the, I mean, we didn't do it for the money. We're not trying to make money doing this, but it is nice whenever you get like someone goes, Hey, here you go, little guy. Yeah. And you know, the, the myth is. Oh, they're getting free games. That is payment enough. They are not free games. I'll say that. I early on, I would say when we got some I agree. games, that's I what was I like, thought at first. Too. This is really cool, and it is cool to get free games. But I tell you what, they are not free. When you, you get a, a forty dollar game in and you spend ten hours working on it, <laughs> at least, yeah. then yeah, you're making like four bucks an hour. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. But anyways, if you go to patreon.com slash meepletown, so that's patreon.com slash meepletown if you want to, we have uh, five levels of giving start at two bucks and go all the way up to 50 bucks a month and like have different rewards. Like we're going to actually start very soon putting people's names on the back of our videos on YouTube. And also we're going to do like a, a periodic podcast recognition. So, and that actually starts at only five bucks. So if you want to like once a year or something like that, we'll just, and you don't have to do this. Like if you don't want to be out there and you just, you like to be anonymous more, but if you would like to, which we would love to highlight some of our listeners and just ask some questions like what's your favorite board game? What styles of game do you like? And we'll just do like a quick minute or two on, which I think would be interesting anyways. Yeah. To hear from some other Meeple Town folks. And we hope that other people like that part of the segment. So anyways, if you're interested in that, that one starts at five bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. So. An- another way that you can reach out, you know, John, John mentioned that, you know, we like to highlight and, and talk about you all. Another way to do that is to ask us questions, you know, yeah. and, and that's, that brings us into our, our next segment. We've so got you a, faked a, the segment when you said go to Golden Geeks. A few. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. I, and I'm going to do this and then go into the Golden Psych. Geeks. Um, do you ever say psych anymore? Oh, all the time. You do. You still say psych. Not so much psycho Lulu. Do you ever do that one? I have literally never heard that in my life. Is that right? What about yeah. cool beans? Do you say that? That's definitely a, I say cool beans. No, you have to be wearing like a, which you are like a polo shirt, you know, some khakis or something. Cool beans kids. Yep. <laughs> There's a little noise. Did, did if you a, hear the noise in the background? We just have some people frolicking around Meeple town. All right. So, uh, Deming Chow sent a really long email and I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to, I'm going to highlight some things. And we say here. that very positively because we love it when, I mean, seriously, we love it when people take the time to give us, to write us long emails and stuff. Like it means they care. Actually, we love it. So John, thank you. John complains about reading them. He's like, I never do. I guess, I'm going to use do. this money from Patreon to hire somebody to read emails to me as well. Nope. Nope. Now, if they were coming in like left and right and they were long, then maybe it would be tough. But because we get so few, I love it. <laughs> yeah. It's real. Um, so Deming Chow, it will actually lead into a, a segment that we'll do after we do the Golden Geeks. But I wanted to go ahead and, and knock these out. Uh, so the first section has to do with these games with low complexity but high depth. You've heard John and I talk about this before. Um, these easy to learn but deep decisions, which is something that has be- been becoming our jam, I think. And, and even for me to take it a step further, games that that maybe even fall under an hour and have mm. low complexity and, and uh, high depth. I, yeah. I've really I've really been enjoying a lot of those games lately. And so John and I are actually, we're going to do not, you know, we'll give a couple examples right now, but, but I think we're going to do a top 10. Are we going to give some up. examples? I think so. Like, I mean, one that we talked about a lot, Paris, we talked about a lot a couple weeks ago. Yeah. That really fits in that category better than really most right now that yeah. I can think of at the top of my head. You know, it, it's it's a quicker game too. It plays in like thirty sure. minutes, and the decisions aren't. You know, th- what you do is not tough, but the decisions, every decision is grueling, and that that's kind of what we're talking about in that. That's like a, yeah. a prime example example of that, I think. For sure, and like I'll probably have a good chance. I mean, I haven't really thought about that deep, but like Renature, we just talked about recently. Really, like those are like two recent games that I would say have a chance of being on on a top 10 list and we're going to do a video so um dimming you you just sparked our next top 10 youtube video nailed it and we find ourselves kind of again lingering out in that conversation quite a bit lately yeah um the next and thing we'll you, do it on the podcast that's right that way in case you're not don't watch our youtube videos you'll be able to hear it 
the next question has to do with uh, player interactions. So there's lots of ways to view this, and then everyone has their own take on it. So Deming says, when I play a game with my wife, I don't mind a bit of multiplayer solitaire, but when I play with other people, I like interaction. The game with the best player interaction that I can think of recently is The Crew, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. John and I pretty much fall exactly in that same category. With When we play with our wives, often we're not super, you know, take that in games. Absolutely. I mean, like, I, as soon as he said that, I was like, that's exactly right. Like, my wife does not like take that games. Um, she doesn't like, yeah, She so generally, like, area majority even, or area control she doesn't love because she doesn't like building up a few cubes in an area, for example, and then me taking the lead, and she's like, I just wasted my time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how she feels. Like, to me, no, it's like the fun. I, I absolutely love higher play, high play interaction take that game so i think it's fun but yep that's why i without when i'm not around when i'm not playing games with her i actually gravitate towards those games because i don't get to play them with her you know i like the idea of different ways of having player interaction too and i think the crew really the crew is a great example of that high player interaction no negativity that's right and you can listen to our our you know past podcasts where we do talk about the crew but yeah but that's the idea like it's a it's a cooperative game and you don't have all the information that you need to be able to play the cards. Yeah. And it's just that interaction. The mind is, is a different, you know, a weirder kind of interaction in that same vein. Yeah. Um, Hanabi has that, you know, like I, I like that. I like unique ways of, of having player interaction. That's not necessarily take that. It could be very much, you know, player interaction, interaction in a, in a um, cooperative game. So. Absolutely. Yep. But I like, yep. I was going to say, like I said, though, I, I do like some take that when I'm, around like Dean I like to pick take that games when we're playing because I know that we can just have fun and laugh about it and stuff like that I also Hidden Trader I love I love Hidden Trader games you absolutely love that I do yeah Feed the Kraken is you know loads of loads of player interaction there that's gotta be like one of your favorite mechanics isn't it like part like or whatever you want to call it like you really love that i do yes i do but i like it in unique ways like in dead of winter shadows over camelot that sort of thing where it's not like necessarily the predominant piece of the game yeah but and then the final thing has to do with well actually there's another comment in in the postscript but um not sure if you have heard of this group of people who runs a board game hot takes but they did a podcast recently where they talked about content creators that they like guess what one of them recommended the meeple town that's right. We did know that. In fact, way back when they were getting started, when Board Game Hot Takes was getting started, we actually talked about them on the podcast because I, I do listen to them. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. It's hard for me to keep up with the podcast these days, so I'm a little bit behind, and there's several that I, I'm, I missed in there. But I really enjoy their podcast. What they do is they take a game that they just played, and they do a hot take on it immediately after they play, which is interesting because... You know, sometimes you can do a full review of something, but you might forget if it's been a few days since you played it. So this yeah. is like, we may have played this one time, but we just played it. Here's our thoughts. I like it. And I'll be, I'll be, I'm gonna throw Tim a bone. He was one of our first uh, Patreons, so like that was just that would meant a lot. Yeah, honestly, I mean, one of our first, we only have a few, but like because we just started it. But like, I just that was so cool that he just jumped in and did that. And yeah, helped support other people and. I do like that. There's a lot of people in this board game media community that are just great people and just support each other. There's a lot other. of jerks out there, too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are some. <laughs> I'm not going to. There are some. The guy with the, you know, the I'm talking about, red hat that thinks he's more charming yeah, than he is. I was going to say, yeah. No, nah, I'm just kidding. But for the most part, it's very positive and 
non like competitive and stuff like that. People are just really good people when we support each other. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. When we, you know, we have people that push us and we like to try to support and push other people as yeah. well. Yeah. Not push them down, but push them. Oh yeah. Up. You want to push them down. <laughs> Smear their face in the ground. The last thing this is the postscript uh, p- uh, broom service pops up in game conversations from time to time. I've not played, but it's one of those games that fit the low complexity, but in depth games and some more things after that. John's not played this, but John said, here's the thing. Before we read this, I said, I want to talk about Broom Service. And John it's said, true. absolutely not. He said, I didn't say n- I haven't played it. We're not talking about it. Well, not necessarily. Is That is not necessarily <laughs> the way the, congreg- the congregation, <laughs> the conversation went. Uh, we were... We find, and maybe you do, Meeple Town, that whenever we talk about games we both played, it's a little bit more interesting because we both have comments about it. And then, not whenever we don't, then it's like Dean talks about it, and like I fall asleep for the next ten minutes while he talks about like. And then, if you go to this action, it gives you this. But you could go to this action, and it gives you this. And if you spend this much money on this action, it gives you this. But you could spend this much money on that action, and you could actually get this. I take it back. There are comments out there that have hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't know it was going to be hit so close to home, Jeff. Oh, this is me leaving. That was good. We haven't left the studio in that a while. That was good. Here's me leaving. That was a good one, Dean. Okay, and we got one more question. Thanks, thanks, Deming, for those questions. Those yeah, are thank good, you so much. Good stuff. I appreciate your comments as well. Uh, and we will talk about broom service. Stephen Burford. Uh, oh, Stephen, he wrote to us. He did. He All did. Right. Um, Stephen is a, is a local chap. Stephen and I are chap. really, really close friends. Hey, guys. Are you thinking about hosting a gaming convention this year or in the next few years? If so, what are your ideas? Uh, what will it look like? I can go ahead and tell you, we will have a Meeple Town Con. It will happen. You keep saying point. that. It's going to happen. And it will be in the Nashville area at some point. I, I'm yeah. saying it, John. I'm calling it. When is okay. that going to be? I don't know. I have no idea. What are some ideas that we have? Oh, we got great ideas. You want you ready to spill the beans on these ideas? I, I don't. I mean, haven't. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that he sent that, and then we had you know Jonathan recently last night actually said, "Hey, are you guys actually serious about doing this?" Here's the thing: if we have help, then we're serious about doing it. If we, it's gonna be hard for us to do it on our own. What ideas would we have for this convention? Go ahead. All right, I'm gonna throw one out there. This is actually one I'm, I really want to do at Tennessee Game Days at some point. Anyway, I want to do a baseball highlights tournament. That's one, right? I want to do that. I want to do a, uh, a potential potentially do a game show, right? Do like a wits and wagers or something along those lines. Game show, do you like that? Yeah, that's. I mean, we we're gonna do that at Tennessee Game Days, and I was excited about it, but then it took too long to get. I think it was. Or we got, I can't remember what happened. Something happened. We sat in the room for a minute. It wasn't taking that long, but I think we were just like, okay, let's go do something else. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. Anyway, I hate that we did that. Things like that. I would imagine we would probably do some sort we of. We like a, that. That's, that's right. Uh, depending on, like, you know, if there's people that are actually coming to see us because they really like Meeple Town, then, then we would probably do a live show, I would imagine. Yeah, uh, that would be fun. You know, whether that's a video or podcast or, you know, maybe just like a top 10 or something. I don't know. Yeah. But something, some sort of live element like that. We would play games. Yes, we would. Yeah. I don't know what I would want to do a tournament of. That's a good question. Like, you, baseball highlights would be your jam. You know, and, and I'm, I, I really like tournament stuff. Like, when I was in high school, Dean, we had for like half a year, 
an, a never-ending paper, rock, scissors tournaments, one after the other. So we would have like friends that we would do it, and we would pick a winner. Then we play through the whole tournament, pick a winner. I mean, the winner would win. We start a new tournament, start a new tournaments. To so like tournaments are really fun for me. But I feel like if I did a tournament, I would probably rather just do one of like some kind of dexterity, like Clask. Clask would be a good tournament to do. Yeah, yeah, that would be a like, good. I don't, one. I don't think I would want to sit through like a tournament of, you know, Tawant and Suyu. Like, I don't think I want to play that game Ugh. that many times. No. You it, know what I mean? It would need to be a, a shorter game. Like, Tennessee Game Days does a lot of different tournaments. Yeah. Crokinole usually is one of those, which... I would know, be that down would, with that, yeah. Uh, they do... Uh, what is that game? Where uh, chickens are... Sp- you're playing and... Oh, goodness. I don't remember. Uh, the plane's spinning around. You're... I know what gonna, you're talking about. I, just oh, I cannot not think of that was. game. Anyway, that game. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Somebody's shouting at their at their radio right now. Um, but things like that, like we hadn't really thought about this. Obviously I just threw John on the spot cause we really, I, we've said, Hey, this would be a lot of fun. And I do think that we will do this at some point, but we have not made any plans. So media at us, if you would be interested in coming to Nashville area, probably would be in Murfreesboro, which is of 30 minutes outside of Nashville baseball highlights and coming to Nashville. The, the world champion back to back world champion of baseball highlights is going to be in Nashville at some point this summer. Philip Millman, you know, uh, well, I, I don't know anything about this. All right. Well, is it, is it like, is he going around like on a thing where, no, like, no, he, no. He just told me he was going to be in town oh. at some point. So I thought it was like, you're on a tour, like as the, baseball no, it was highlights. mostly, Hey, it'd be fun to get together and play some games. Oh yeah. I wouldn't want to play baseball highlights with him. Would you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just maybe. to say that you did. Probably, yeah, yeah. I would do. All right, let's move on. Okay, let's talk about... All this about, is just pure speculation of nonsense. We're all over the place today, but we're still not ready to talk about games. Well, kind of. Yes, we're, we're talking are. about the Geek Golden Geek Awards. Okay, so 20 minutes after you mentioned the Golden Geek Awards, we're going to get into it. That's right. Sounds about like par for the course for us, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so the Golden Geek Award, 15th annual Golden Geek Award winners were announced just the other day. Okay. And so it's good reaction time. So this is a lot of, we're not going to talk about all these games, but like it's the top, you know, cooperative game, two player game, all those. We're going to talk about some of the highlights and what we feel about some of those. And we might, let's just start at the top and kind of go through the, we can almost hit on most of these. Most of them. Some of them I don't know if we care enough about. Yeah. So top two player game, Undaunted North Africa. uh, Runner up was Unmatched, Cobble and Fog, and runner up was Imperial Struggle. Have you played any of those? Uh, Undaunted North Africa. Here's the thing. So I I have played the winner. That is, I don't know how I feel about that. So the Unmatched and Undaunted are both basically, not basically, they are. They're standalone expansions. And I don't know how I feel about those being the winners. Yeah. Because it's basically the same game. I've not played Unmatched, but the idea is the same thing. It's almost like they're just expansions, but because they stand alone, they fit in that category. So I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, so um, I haven't played any of those games. Now, I feel like I've played Undaunted North Africa since I, and I don't disagree with you, Dean, about like, it's just kind of like the next version of it, just a different, I mean, is it basically the exact same thing or there's some different, probably there's some, there's some different things like vehicles and and stuff, but, but like the general idea is the same. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not super excited about that. I did like that game. Like, so I get maybe why it won. Um, And I'm not saying it's not deserving. It's a great game. I mean, like I have it rated really high, but it's. It, it's. I just don't know how I feel about that. Do you, do you remember what you picked for this one, John? Glasgow. Okay. That, that's what I picked, too. Now, 
Do I like Undaunted North Africa better than Glasgow? Yes, I do. But it just seemed like a weird pick. Yeah, I'm looking at literally all the like two player only games. See, I'm thinking. See, the, the thing is too is like I'm thinking two player only games. Is that what they allow? I don't think they. I think they just allowed you to put anything that could play it to yes. What did you just say? I'm saying with the Golden Geeks, could you put any game, even if like a four player game, but you can play it as two? I can't remember how that works. I'm not sure. Without being able to go back in there, I, oof, and look this, at that. It's I'm not weird sure. that this last year, Dean, it was like the year of like, I didn't play hardly any of those types of games. But there weren't that many that, I mean, there were plenty that came out, but a lot of these are like, like war games and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Um, the one game that I really wanted to play that I haven't is Seastead. And I saw, have you seen that one before? Yeah, well, Jonathan was playing it that, that yeah, day. Yeah, so but. that was, but yeah, Glasgow would be, was my pick for that. So anyways, you want to move on? Yeah, so artwork presentation, the winner was On Mars, runner-up Lost Ruins of Arnak, and Calico. You're probably happy about that. Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, I, I don't, I didn't put On Mars because I haven't played it. It's kind of weird. I, you can totally not play the game and put that as the winner, but I'm pretty sure... I don't know if Lost Runes was the one that I had voted for, but it was definitely one I had considered. I can't remember now. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, I'm sure that I'll look up right. We're talking here. I'm sure there's some art that I like, like Calico. I, I mean, it's it's nice. Did who did? It? I bet Beth did. Did Beth Sobel do Calico? Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's really nice. Um, but I don't think I saw it and went, "Wow, that's really." For me, I think when it comes to art, it's because of my personal taste. I kind of like something unique oftentimes, not always. Or I sometimes I gravitate towards Euros, like classic Euros, because there's just something comforting about that with me. You know, it's like getting mama's cooking. Um, I get that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like so like, and, and I'm just, that's just me personally. But yeah, I mean, the art on Lost Runes of Arnak was good. And uh, yeah, on Mars was good. I'm looking through some of these. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I love Kyle Farron. Like I didn't love Fort, but Fort had really cool art. Yeah, I agree with that. Like that was a really nice one. Um, I'm, I'm okay with these. I think these are all good picks. And I, yeah. honestly, I think Calico could have easily won this. Cause I hear a lot of people talk about that. And I'm, I, I totally agree. I think Calico is a beautiful, yeah. beautiful looking game. Hallertau was good, but you didn't, you didn't agree with that as much as I did. Yeah. I didn't, didn't do much. For Another me. one that I really liked. And then I'll, I think I'll end was I liked Merv, the heart of the silk road, which, you know, to always does just really good art. And I thought that was, it was really nice. Yeah. Looked a little busy, but I haven't actually seen the board itself. So I'm going to mention two more. <laughs> oh my goodness. You really liked, and I did the Pan Am, like the absolute yeah. style. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like it was like an old school game, which I did as well. And then I'm going to mention Fayum because everyone hates the art on that. Like they think this is the worst and the components are so abstract. I love it. I think it's just different. Have you you've seen it before? Yes. You know how they have like just like circles and like, I think it's just, it reminds me of like hieroglyphics and stuff. So that's why I like, like it feels thematic to me, but I, I hear everyone complaining about the worst, this is the worst art in the game and all this. And I just a thousand percent disagree. Yeah. It doesn't do it for me either, but I, I was thinking, okay, artwork presentation was everything components and all that. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. So. so I did, I did vote for lost ruins of Arnak cause I, I like the whole everything out of that one yeah. card game card game. We got the winner is Dune Imperium runner up fort and runner up oceans. What do you think about that? Well, this is where I, we had a comment in the guild, and I think I need to go ahead and and pull that up. And I actually agree with this comment. So let me let me pull this up here. Oh shoot, I clicked the wrong thing. 
Don't you love when I'm just fumbling around like a fumble pants? Mr. Fumble Pants. You ever heard of that before? Anyone mm. ever uses? No, is that right? I just made it up right then. Oh, okay. So Frankie Bones says, how is Dune Imperium a card game? Um, he kind of wanted to know, I guess, if we would break that down. Um, he thinks as a, a card game as you know, like Marvel Champions, Star Realms, Imperial Settlers and stuff. And I actually agree with that, like Frankie. like I, Dune definitely has cards involved, but it's... And you build a deck, which is better than like, like I was immediately thinking when you lay a card down, do an action that reminded me of underwater cities. But I would say it's more of a card game than that. I feel like it because you're actually building a deck, but not that much more. Uh, I, I thought that that was kind of a weird, I wasn't excited about the pick because of that. I like Dune Imperium. Could you put in that same vein? I don't think anybody would consider putting Lost Ruins of Arnak as a card game. No. Right? I wouldn't. It's the now, same exact. Well, now there, the deck building is more prominent in Dune Imperium for a sure. Bit, yeah. But I, I, I agree with you on this one. I think that's kind of a weird pick. But you know, again, the the weird thing is like there's not parameters on that, so you can you can justify that any way that you want to. Yep. And uh, apparently, there's enough people that believe that that would fit in that card game category. And I guess because it got nominated and people really love the game, maybe that's why. It's but, one of those. But I totally get. I get it. I just I didn't vote for it, even though I love Dune Imperium. Yeah, it's one of those um, things where, like, if I would to, if I were to have put that on a top ten, Dean, you would have just like shut it down. You know what I mean? You'd be like, that's not really a card game. Would you say the Castles of Tuscany is a card game? No. Okay. No way. You think that there's as much cards in Castles of Tuscany as there? Eh, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting to to think about. But I, I'm with you. I I tend to want something that's a little more pure. I think I picked Oceans on that one, if I remember right. I, I would have much rather seen a game like Ocean. I, I I think I I nominated. I actually didn't. I, I forgot. I did the nominations, but I didn't go through and vote. Um, because you were so mad that we didn't get nominated. Is that? Oh yeah. Thanks for everyone. I'm who gonna voted. I'm gonna take my ball and get out of here. No. Thanks for everyone who voted for us. Seriously. We really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, we really sure. do. Um, no, I don't know what it was. I think I looked at it and I wasn't as jacked up about the pick. So I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, that makes sense. All uh, right. I wasn't a big fan of Fort. It was fine, but I didn't love it that much. I get why people like it, but yep, I'm with you. Okay, cooperative games. We've got the winner is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Well, Gloomhaven, the big box game, won like all the awards not that long ago, right? So this one, this one fits. Runner-up Pandemic Legacy Season Zeros and then Forgotten Waters is the next runner-up. I've got a question for you. First of all, are you happy with the winner? Yes, this is the one I picked as well. Okay. Forgotten Waters would have been my second pick. So my question to you is, what's the difference between this and North Daunted North Africa? Yeah, you're right. Like, you were, like, pretty adamant that you yeah. did, that, that was kind of a boring pick because of that. Like I, I didn't say boring pick, by the way. Oh, yeah. It just felt more like an expansion, which I guess this does, too. Yeah, I mean, this is just kind of a... It's not a dumbed-down version. It's like a new story, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's like a simpler version of... Of Gloomhaven. Um, I, I totally agree that I'm being hypocritical on this one. But you're st fine with it. I like sure, that. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Gloomhaven was good. Jaws of the Lion was good. Um, if you take that out, I do think Forgotten Waters probably would have been the one I voted for, though. I love that game. I nominated Jaws of the Lion. I don't know if it was like my... I don't know. What else was... I guess I have... I keep not looking at these things, but... I don't know. I just remember not being that excited about it, a lot of these choices, just to be real. Expansion. What do you think about that? We've got... Oh. So here's the deal. If there's anything that's up for nomination that says Gloomhaven or Wingspan in it, it's going to win something. 
Agree? Is that a bad thing? I, I, I just agree or disagree first. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Okay. I'm not opposed to it either. But um, So the winner is Wingspan, the uh, Oceania expansion. It doesn't bother me, but it's like, you know, rooting for the Patriots. Like, of course they're going to win. I'm always an underdog guy. I like Tom Brady. But, I mean, I like Gloomhaven. I like Wingspan. So I'm not like, I'm not, maybe I'm being a hater. But, like, I think if our podcast ever blew up, I think I would hate it. You would hate if our podcast blew up? I think I would hate us. <laughs> I want the. I, I, you don't I, have to let I, it I just, change you. I just love the underdog. In my whole life, I've always loved the underdog. And so when you keep seeing something win, you're just kind of like, uh, I'm getting bored of that. Let's let someone. Let's see someone unseat them. <laughs> Though it's good, and I like both of those games. Root uh, is the runner-up as well as Spirit Island. So Underworld expansion and the Jagged Earth expansion. I'll be honest, I don't remember what I voted for here. Uh, I I've not played with that expansion of Root. So. I don't. I mean, I in general, I generally don't just go buy expansions like that. Like I, it's got to be a game I love, and you it either has to when I watch the video or whatever. I really feel like it changes it for positive, or maybe I've just played it so much that I need a little something refresh, something fresh. Besides that, I just don't go buy expansions. Yeah. This is, uh, I'm not even listening you, to you. you. I just do. don't, I don't remember. You like expansions. Like you're, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I do. But I'm, I'm trying to remember what expansions I've played this year that would fit that. I just, it's not, nothing's coming to me. I really have no clue what I voted for in this one. I don't remember. Okay. All right. So we can move on from that one then, right? Yep. So next up we have, uh, innovative, which micro macro crime city is the winner. I immediately want to check that one out. I, I, when I saw that, I was like, I have no idea about that game, but I really want to check it out. So do you know anything about it now? No, I haven't done it yet. You just like literally like the name and that has got you interested in checking it out? No, just the fact that it won. I, oh. the, the name doesn't really do anything. You're just me. whatever is an innovative game, like you're really interested in seeing what that's like. Yeah. Search for Planet X and then Beyond the Sun were the runner-ups. In I've one. never played any of those, so I really can't say anything. Do you remember what you voted for on this one, John? <sighs> no. I, I really don't. I, sorry, this is really great radio right now. If I remember right, I actually think that I voted for, or or I nominated uh, Pendulum. I think I nominated Pendulum, but I don't remember if that one made it into the nomination list. That's that's a very unique game, I think. Even though, you know, it's, it is real-time, but like a Euro-y real-time game, Sorcerer City falls in that category, too. I like that, but I, I think that's that's pretty innovative. I don't disagree that it's not. It is, yeah. You know, the, the the reality is is I like medium weight euros, and there's just not a always a ton of innovation, you know, in those games. So, and I don't care. Just to be real, you like doing the same thing over and over again. I think I actually voted for Fayum on that game. Um, because I thought it was interesting. And it wasn't really that innovative, but it was <laughs> one of the more innovative ones that I've <laughs> played. And I like that game. I'm not like in love with it, but it's a solid game. So that's it, what I think I voted for. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. Then we've got the print and play. I've got nothing on that. I know. I have no idea. So the winner was Seven Wonders Duel Solo, which does sound cool. I was interested in that. I might check that one out. I absolutely care less about print and play. I'm not going to do it. That's too much work. <laughs> Even if it's like printing out a piece of paper and Dude, cutting that paper I don't up. care if it's like Concordia print and play. I'm not going to do it. Some That's these, how little I care about Some that. of these could be like you print it out on a piece of paper and then cut that piece of paper up into pieces, and that's it. And that's too much work. I just don't – it just doesn't excite me. I'm just not excited about like doing all that. Like I've got 
all these games on my shelf that I can play. Why am I going to go through that work? Johnny Grumpy Gills. No, I'm just being real. I mean, you know what I mean? I don't. Like, I don't, I, I don't get enough time to play my games that I already have. So why am I going to go print something off and play? I just, I don't care. <laughs> yep, I got nothing to add to that. Solo, Under Falling Skies, Runner-Up is Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion, and Lost Ruins of Arnak. Under Falling Skies is one that I really want to try. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, like, super jazzed about solo games enough to go out and to seek that one really, even though I've heard really good things about it. And it seems like it would be cool. It's uh, fighting off like a, what is it? Alien invasion or something like that? Or maybe like I don't even planes know. coming. But anyway, I think it's like things are shooting at you and you're trying to fight them off or something. The fire is shooting at us. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> good reference. But I think I voted for Lost Ruins of Arnak on this one. I love the solo in that. Yeah, I actually, you know, I didn't love Hallertau, but I thought the solo was really well done nice little puzzle i enjoy i mean i liked it though like i liked that game um i thought that was really good and there was something else that i i might have voted for i don't think i did never mind gloomhaven also has i was gonna say that that's one that i like i might i didn't play it but i could have voted because just knowing that it was because i know how it plays yeah also well dune imperium is actually a good solo experience i think really i haven't which is interesting because it has you know area control i may have actually i may have even voted even though i didn't play it solo (laughs) for roman role because i thought that would be a cool solo experience it is is. oh you know what actually i it's possible i voted for that one and not lost runes of arnak both of those are really close. I forgot about that. War game Imperial Struggle was the winner, runner-up Undaunted North Africa, and Versailles 1919 is the other runner-up. I voted for Undaunted because it's probably the only one I played out of this. Nope, that's not true. Shores of Tripoli was another one that was on there, but I voted for Undaunted. I think. I voted for Twilight Struggle. No. Okay. I don't. I. I. I just those. That's not my jam usually, though. I can like some of those games. It's like don't you think like the war game kind of thing is like it's something people like really gravitate towards or they don't as much. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there are people like me, like we will play those games. And in fact, I like those like lighter games like that. Like Undaunted is a good example of yeah. that. And in Shores of Tripoli. I often play them and I go, that's, that's good. Yeah. But I'm not necessarily going to seek out a war game. Yeah. For some reason, it just doesn't get me excited. You know, when someone's saying, Hey, this is coming out or whatever. Okay. Zoomable game. We've got, got three more categories. Zoomable games. Okay. Let's just stop right there. <laughs> Grumpy Gills comes out to play. What you got? I was going to say how much I love it. Is that right? It's called Zoomable Game. No, this is ridiculous. Okay, let's hear why. All right, so first of all, the reason that they did Zoomable Game, am am I wrong, is the fact that they didn't want to put part of game because we didn't get a chance to because of COVID and all that kind of stuff. You read up on this, right? Is that? I think it was, um, oh man, what's her name? Elizabeth Hargrave. I think it was her suggestion to do Zoomable Game. I could be wrong. And so instead of party game, because we had COVID this last year, we're going to call it zoomable game. I have a big problem with that because you can zoom zoomable any game. So now we just kind of threw a whole cool, like, and I get, I totally get 100%. Most of us, a lot of people didn't get to play a lot of party games. However, a lot of us do have families, not everybody by any stretch. And so it's, I mean, just to be real. It does suck if you don't have a family, like to, if you want to play a physical copy of a party game over COVID because most of us didn't get around with other people. So that stinks. But I just don't, I just think that just seems like a weird like category title. And plus on top of that, like, I mean, why is it not 
you know, hangout game or you just used to, you just, like you, game you can play online or something. Yeah, like, that. like, like exactly. But I still, I still wish they kept the party game thing. And if people can't vote because they didn't get to play them, that's fine. And I, my guess, and I don't know, I didn't read anything on this, so I have no clue. My guess is that the thought was that we would see these party games in there, but that's not what happened, no. right? So the winners, it, the winner is Forgotten Waters. It is a great zoomable game, no yeah. doubt about it. And they they set it up that way, like kind of drop back and punt and and made it work so that you could yeah. play on Zoom and, and did it really well. The runner-up is My City, and then the other runner-up is Search for Planet X. The issue, again, is that the party games didn't make it. And That's so those party games that came out this year, and there's some good ones. Crossed Words is the one I voted yeah. for. It stinks. And I played that on Zoom a lot, and it works really well on Zoom, but I feel like you're already setting yourself up to eliminate those party games because they might not be as popular as some I mean, of these like, other ones. If you want to create a new category called Zoomable Game, feel free to. But to uh, to take the party game one out and replace it, that's what I'm like, that stinks. Because you just, yeah, you just eliminated. And some of those party games are actually really hard to play over Zoom. But the thing is, it's weird, though, because if you say Zoomable Game, I mean, that opens it up to a ton of games. I mean, like, I can play Tawantin Sue You, I mentioned that earlier. Or bonfire via Zoom is it super easy? I don't know. I mean, what 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 does that even mean? You know what I mean? Like, it means one that's that's easily accessible to play through Zoom. To that, yeah. Right. And so, if you want to have that type of a category, great. But really disappointed the the party people kind of got left out. It seems like. I hope that moving forward, that again, I think if, they will go back to party category. Games. Yeah, once I think they're going to do that. Once we're on the other side of this, I hope that that does change because it, that's a really good category. I think. Yeah, it's a fun category. I, I yeah, 100% agree with that. But I think yeah. it you left out like it, now I feel like a lot of the party games that might get known through doing this sort of thing are really left out. And that, that's I, that's unfortunate, I think. I do know that there was a lot of people that actually didn't release party games. Like I I know Feed the Kraken was delayed a little bit, you know, whenever COVID took place, the Kickstarter, right? Right. And it might so there probably there were people that just didn't you know, didn't go ahead and release it last year because of that. I mean, you got games like someone mentioned, uh, Ahmad um, oh, mentioned Scapegoat. You know, that was a decent game. I haven't played Hughes and Cues. Have you played that? I have not, but I really, really want to. I've, yeah. I've actually considered picking that one up. Yeah, so there was, there was, yeah, that's disappointing. Anyways. Okay, then we've got the uh, best podcast. This is going to be a long episode. Best podcast. The winner is So Very Wrong About Games. The runner-up is This Game is Broken and Board Game Barrage. Uh, I'll be honest, I know I'm so limited in listening to other podcasts. I hate this. Since I hate these choices. They're uh, the worst. Oh, my goodness. This is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Are you serious? Yeah. That's why people don't like you, John. These are It's all me or nothing. <laughs> no, I, I, I haven't. Uh, that's a total joke, everybody. <laughs> Go ahead. I got to say that because some people think I'm serious when I say that stuff. So this game is broken is uh, Matthew Jude, Paula Deming, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Loza, Nick Murphy, and, and Mike Murphy. Um, I, I bet it's amazing. I really I, I really think it probably is. I actually listen on occasion to the, um, uh, I forget what it's called, the Monster Podcast that that Matthew Jude kind of host with mm -hmm. Paula Deming and, and uh, Nick Murphy, I think it is. I enjoy that one. And I, I really do. I think this podcast is probably great. I just... I need to get better about listening to a lot of different ones, but it's just hard these days. For some reason, I haven't listened to as many podcasts. Yeah, I'm the same exact way. 
uh, that's the this is broken. So the so very wrong about games. That's actually one I'm going to put on my list to listen to because I, I read a little bit on on that yesterday. I'd be so. interested to see um, with all these categories what kind of a boost people get. Like if you win game of the year, if you win more game of the year, if your best podcast, best app, do, do the golden geeks give you a little boost? I'm sure they give you some. They've got it, or is it is a tremendous boost? You know, if it's a game of the year, are they selling a ton of copies now because it was on, because it won this, because it won this award, or is that just this is kind of, it's already sold a bunch of copies and you know, because yeah, I don't it was, know because it was good. I think something like podcast it would probably be like helpful because, but there's got to be some games that show up even on these lists. Like there are games here that I didn't know much about. I knew about most of them a decent amount but there are some like oh micro macro i knew anything about that one yeah so i wonder if that like gives like those types of games a pretty big boost because they i don't know probably it would be interesting to to see that uh by the way i skipped all three of those i didn't even do it on purpose but i'm glad i did but i'm gonna go here we go let's go to board game go board game app first real fast uh winner is the root runner-up wingspan and runner-up cartographers i'm for all of those i will say i have been playing a lot of root on my ipad lately there you go a lot it's really really good now they have the first expansion on there it's even better there you go you played it nope okay i've played the game not the app there's a lot of good games wingspan on switch is an excellent implementation too i've been playing that one a lot it's it's fantastic Cartographers 2, Light Game of the Year, Winner, Macro, Micro Macro, Crime City, Runner-Up Project L, Runner-Up Santa Monica. No idea what I voted for in this one. I can't remember. Yeah, I, I'm i with you there. I am trying. I was trying to think through, because they had the parameters set up to where like it had to legitimately be a light game, right? Because it would say, are you sure, or something like that. And I guess you could just kind of push it through. I might have voted for my city here. Even though, like, I know some people probably argue that that's that that wasn't a light game, um, but I think I might have just said whatever. I just didn't play that many what they considered light games this year, so I've got to vote on something. I think maybe Glasgow is what I voted for there too, but I I could be wrong. About I feel like that. I thought about putting that on there, or I maybe tried, and then it just didn't. But anyway, of those that that um, showed up on this list. I really do want to check out Micro Macro, and then Santa Monica is one I've I've been wanting to check out. Been, yeah, I've been hearing really good things. Like Jonathan loved Santa Monica for what it is and all that kind of stuff. So I would have liked to have done that. Okay, let's talk about the medium game of the year. The winner, of course, Lost Ruins of Arnak, because people are smart, John. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, runner-up, Dune Imperium, and then runner-up, Calico. Like, that's like perfect for you, except for you haven't played Calico. I've not, but I really do want to play Calico. That is exactly who I voted for, Lost Ruins of Arnak. Probably not for you. See, Dean always gets on to me for like pandering to the crowd. Like when I'm doing my top 10 list, like, oh yeah, that's the number one. That's the number two. This is like the perfect list for you almost. You're a crowd panderer right now. How did I know that that was going to be game of the year? We we did our video for this when it first came out, and I gave it a nine and a half. There's no way that I could have pandered to anybody, right? Oh, yes, you did. Okay, maybe I did. What'd yeah. you vote for? Probably something that doesn't fall in the like well, in the medium that, category. No, I did. That's the problem. And I can't, <laughs> like, that's why I can't remember which ones I had as heavy games of the year and which ones I had as medium because I actually did obey like the rules when it said. And I can't remember what the – yeah, I voted for – let me just see, because again, I was having a hard time distinguish. I mean, that's not the right words. I was trying to figure, because I didn't feel like dealing with this is medium and this is heavy and trying to figure that out in my mind. Did you stick with, so 
I don't it even stops know what I'm you, right? right now. Like if you go to put something. Yeah, in, I'm just trying. What I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I can't remember which is which at this moment in time. Oh, is what you. I'm trying to say. I know I'm saying it wrong, but that's what I'm trying to say. So I know that I voted for uh, Takenu nominated, right? And that was one of the ones probably would be lower on my list. But Praga, uh, Bonfire, To Want and Sue You. I voted for my city, and I, I like I said, I might have been like that one might have been on the light. It could have been on the medium, but I might have forced it into the light. Uh, Merv, Heart of the Silk Road was one. Uh, Alma Mater was one. Paris was one. So those are some of the ones that I voted for, and they either are fitting in that. I know Paris is probably the medium category for sure. Um, even Renature might have been in the medium category. So those are some of the ones. I mean, just go honestly. You want to know what I – just go watch my top ten <laughs> – games of 2020 and that's pretty much what somewhere i was somewhere in that medium heavy yeah that's yeah. i mean that's where almost all those games fit and that's pretty much it so you can go on youtube if you kind of want to see what i was nominating i think when you're looking at those heavier games i'm i'm guessing like to want to you and bonfire are probably the ones that i had up there yeah. is is two of the ones but as it were the winner gloomhaven jaws of the lion runner-up on mars runner-up viscounts of the west kingdom gloomhaven as the heavy game of the year is a that's a bit of a shocker to me i yeah i don't like that choice yeah i didn't look at the weight um i guess i could look at the weight and see what that is but i don't know i don't know what that cutoff is like what they consider heavy but it says weight 3.56 so i guess probably 3.5 and up is probably heavy if i had to guess yeah i don't know for some reason it just doesn't i know that that's what it's weighted at but when i was playing the game with you i just didn't feel like it was i mean three and a half is not ridiculous this this is one where a heavier weight because of like the fiddly rules is probably yeah that's that's probably right it just doesn't feel heavy like a heavy thinker necessarily to me but we also haven't played all the way through it so i don't know and i didn't feel like viscounts was i mean i guess that's it's just what you want to call the cutoff right i'd like to know i can't remember what they were what is considered heavy i don't remember what the cutoffs were. yeah that's what i'm saying i'm guessing did it say it on there? I'm guessing three. It point, did. Oh, okay. Three point five is what my guess is, but I don't no, know. No, because Viscounts is three point four something. Four or five. So I, yeah. I was thinking that it was lower than that, even three or three point two or something like that, or anything heavier. So yeah. I mean, like it's it's all you know your own way you view it, right? What's a heavy game to me might not be as heavy to you, or vice versa. Do you think that you're more intelligent? Is that why you're saying that? What might be a heavy game to me might not be to you. That was actually would have meant that you're more intelligent. Dumbing yourself down. I got me. you. Okay. Do you think you're dumber than me? Mm, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about games we've been playing lately? This is we're all in the hypothetical. I want to talk well, about before games we do. Playing. Do you mind just do you? Can you give me like an overall thought of this list? Kind of yeah. like, and maybe even tie into a 2020 was, you know board game wise great decent and what you thought about this list um i thought the list was fine i guess nothing like nothing maybe that i didn't expect but also i don't know the, looking at this list it makes me feel like the year might have been weaker than what i actually felt about it maybe maybe i'm wrong about that but yeah, but there's nothing that just like jumps out like, oh, I've got to go get this one to the table. There's a couple that I really yeah. want to play, but uh, I feel like I enjoyed the year better, but not, you know, that that wasn't reflected on this list. Does that make sense? Yep. I mean, if you go back to 2019, it was Watergate, Wingspan, 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 uh, Wavelength, 
<laughs> like tiny forming Mars. Like it's I don't know. It's just that that was a print and play, but like that's a like I mean nothing nothing against wingspan, but it's just it was that was not very the last two years just haven't been very exciting to me. Like I I don't know like I'm not jacked honestly. It's like look, when Gloomhaven won everything too. It's that's not as exciting to me when the same thing wins. Now that wasn't this year. This year yeah. that did not happen at all. Really, right? I mean Gloomhaven has a couple on do here. You, do you wish they had like light, medium, heavy game of the year, and then like if they win that, they can't win something else? No, you because like I still think it can fall in other categories. It can, but, no doubt about it. I'm just saying. But the problem that happens oftentimes, so if somebody really loves a game, yeah, then they might vote it for things that it might, it shouldn't necessarily be voted on for, you know, in that category. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't know. I think if you love the game, you're more likely to vote it for multiple categories, even if you don't necessarily feel that way. Like, does this game have the best art? Maybe not. But because I love the game so yeah. much, I'm going to put it in that category. I mean, I'm just looking here and I'm looking at names like, you know, Dune and Fort, Oceans, Gloomhaven. I'm just kind of doing overall pandemic. I haven't played, I didn't play Season Zero or Forgotten Waters. Lost Runes of Arnak, uh, Dune Again, Calico, Jaws of the Lion, Viscounts of the West Kingdom, On Mars. I'm just, nothing here. I mean, I know that you really liked uh, Arnak, so you're probably excited about that. A lot of people. But there's like no, Arnak. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no games on here that I haven't played On Mars. I'm not really like that. That I'm just like, yes, great. I'm glad that they won for my personal taste. So. You know, that's what... Do lists like this make you think, maybe I have poor taste? No. Okay. It just makes me think that I don't go with the flow as much as you would say that I do. <laughs> Can we now talk about games? that we're playing? If I lived in Europe, I would probably be called Going With The Flow. That would be your name? Like your nickname? Yeah, they would call me Johnny Going With The Flow. That's too long. You got to shorten that somehow. Johnny With The Flow. J-Flow. Nailed mm, it. No. All right. Let's get on to talk about games. We've been playing. Lately. Let's talk about some games. All right. What are we going to do first, Mr. Server? Well, I figured since uh, Deming had asked about... I did say that right, right? Yes. Yes. Um, had asked about Broom Service. This might be a game that you guys might be interested in. You have not played this. No. And when we took a break, Dean called it Broom Server. That's why I said. And I said, yeah, Broom, sir. That's, is that what a broom server is, or is it like a computer, you know, and the broom is the case, you know, like a server? I asked a coworker this morning I've about COVID brain. I'm finding myself this week, and I'm a month plus removed. Yeah, 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 like almost two months at this point. I'm having I'm having a hard time gathering my words lately. I don't know if it's COVID-related or if it's age-related or a combination of that and lack of education whatever it is i'm i'm, I'm struggling with the like, words i feel like it's always been the same oh, okay i don't think anything's changed now, honestly i felt the same way though have you, have you noticed that i've bumbled like the last i listen back to our episode sometimes just to like a lot of times just to try to improve and i was like wow there's a lot of times wherever i'm like blah, blah 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 lately i think i think i can like we're in a place where we can blame everything on covid so, I think so. i'm gonna blame it like if did i get this fact wrong about this game or, you know, information about this COVID. certain topic. It's COVID. Yep. Not my fault. Broom Service is a game by Alexander Fister. This is an interesting game because basically you're going to have cards. You're going to choose cards into your hand every time. So I have uh, my own deck of cards. John has the exact same deck of cards. But from that, I'm going to choose four that I want to use for that round. John's going to choose four that he wants to use for that round. 
and you're basically going to go around this map. You're you're playing as witches, and you are um, trying to. <laughs> That's the wipeout. That's not a witch. I know. All right. Anyway, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. It was a witch singing the wipeout song. <laughs> So anyway, you're going to take your card. You're going to say, I'm going to take this brave action to do this. And look, if you don't take that card, if you haven't picked that card and no one uses that brave action or uses their card when I play the brave action, then I get to play the brave action, which is a better action. And if I am a coward and I go the coward action, which I rarely do, that's all right, then uh, I can just take it and it's a lesser action, but there's no fear that I'm going to lose the opportunity. To so take if that someone action. else is going to play that action... Mm-hmm. the same one that you're doing, then you don't get to play it if someone else picked it. That's right. And you have to say, I have this card. So if I say I'm taking the brave action as this as this card, okay? And there's five people around the table and it comes to you and you have that card, you have to play it. And then you can say, I'm going to play this brave card. And then it goes keeps going until it comes back to me. And if no one plays it, then you get to take the brave action, but I do not. And I lose my action completely. But if someone else has it, then both of you don't get to it and the third person gets to use it. That's right. That's right. And so doing that when you're first player is risky. Especially when you have all the cards in your hand. Higher player. Yeah. Yeah. So there is some risk management in what that looks like. But basically, you're going to go around. Do you you know when someone plays a card, do they only get to play that for that round? Or, I mean, can you keep, I guess I'm saying every round, can you play that card if you want to? Yeah, yeah. So, so you can't keep up with, oh, he's already played that, so there's no way. That's so right. So you don't, you'll never, okay, okay. That's right. And so, yeah, everyone's going to be able to pick all their cards back up at the beginning of the next round and do it all over again. And this one sat on my self, shelf of shame for a while. Basically, okay, sorry, you're going to collect potions, you're going to sell them for money and all that, and that's how you get your points and, and win the game. Uh, and there's a vent deck and all that. It, I, this kind of sat on my shelf for a while because I've heard really good things about it and I've wanted to try it because of the hype that it got, but I don't think I was super hyped to play this I'm game. I'm the same way and I've never played it. This game was a lot of fun. Okay. A lot of fun. And and it's one of those... Better than Great Western Trail? Yeah. <laughs> what are you here, laughing at? You said it right here. You heard it right yeah, here. Yeah, I said it right here. Um, All right. Deanie Dunny said... <laughs> He likes broom service better than Great Western Trail. It's a really good game. John, if I play this more, it could make my top 50. That's how much I really enjoy this game. I've heard a lot of people say that. Yeah, I don't, I, I you know, it would never make your top 50, but I still think you you need to try it, and I think you might like it. I played it with uh, my wife and her brother and his wife, and... Do they play games? They play a, a decent amount of games, okay. but but we they like to learn new games and, and try new things and all that, which is great. I love that. But we all got done with this, and we said, okay, we're going to play this again next time that we get together. And I'm really pumped to do that because it's it's worth it. And in the box, like in the – there's I don't think there is any expansions with this, but there's many expansions within the box. And so you can add these things that change for the locations that you go to. Um, and, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to play this one again. This one's going to stay on my shelf. And I would like to maybe when we can get a con together or a game day together to get you to play this because you might like it. I almost bought it. Um, I bought a bunch of games from Board Game Co. They don't pay us anything, obviously, but I'll just throw it out there. Um, sometimes Board Game Co., by the way, if you don't know what that is, I'll just throw it out there. They have um, Funko used Pops. games. Oh. They have some new games. They will buy your games, though the last time I tried to sell games to them, I got a, the quote was a poopy, and I was like, no, nah, that's ridiculous. But I'm sure that it's not like that for everybody. I know people that sell them their games. But... Some of their games are good prices. Some really aren't. And IMO, 
check it out though. In my opinion, that's what that means. I was, I was, yeah, I ordered like four or five games and I had a list of it narrowed down to 10, Dean, and that was on it, but it didn't quite make the cut. You know why? Because of that witch. And I thought it was, it was just something from the evil. She looks, she looks nice. She looks fine. Just kidding. That's not why. We're going to try that one out. Some other ones beat it, but I will probably pick this up sometime. Speaking of Alexander Pfister, though, did we get to play another one lately? That's right. So let's move on to the next game uh, on our been playing lately list, and that is a monster expedition. So monsters. What's that from? We're the, the monsters. Uh, Space Jam. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. So in Monster Expedition. You're going to have some monsters out on the table. And what you're going to be doing is going and trying to cage, trying to grab those monsters, trying to trying to grab those suckers. And how do you do that? First, you pick blue, green, or yellow. And depending on if you've upgraded them or not, you're going to get a set number of dice. You're going to start off with one yellow and two black. All right, there you go. But if you upgrade it, you might have three black. You might have four black. You might have five. That's right? crazy talk. You chuck those dice, and then you're going to select one number, and all the dice from that number get set aside. Then if you want to keep going, you can keep doing it. If you only roll numbers that you've already selected, what happens, Dean? Bust. Boom. One of your highest value gets out of there. Were you testing to see if I was listening? Because I was barely listening. I know. <laughs> oh, man, that was close. I know you were. That's why I did that. That's the only Took a shot why. in the dark there. Yeah, that's pretty good. Anyways, so that's it. And then there's going to have... That's mostly it. There's going to be number values on those monsters, and they're going to be worth victory points. And you can build some engines with them. Uh, maybe get more dice, or every time someone rolls X, you get to upgrade your yellow, you know, whatever that is called, dice pool. And just stuff like that. Uh, another couple other little things. So that. What did you think about it? Your Dean? camp. Did you, You're upgrading your camp, camp. That's right. Your camp. That's right. Bef- before I get to that, let me let me just like touch on this piece because the art in this one is by Dennis Lohausen, Michael Menzel, and Oliver Schlemmer, which is is good. I, I really enjoy the art in this game, but I, that's that's a powerhouse team right there. I feel like, and yeah. this comes in a small box, which is a really nice thing. Love the small box. Don't love the box art. Nope. It's like I don't like it at all. Carnival of Monsters. It's, yeah. it's that same feel that I get from that one. The but. drawings on it are cool, but like that like fake that wood grain kind of look or something which i generally like for some reason that does nothing for me uh maybe other people like it but the card art's really good yeah i agree but it's really cool did you mention this is a follow-up to carnival of monsters you did you love carnival of monsters yeah i do love carnival of monsters i like this game less i but i still it's interesting sure this is this is on the lighter side of games for sure It, it gave me the feel it's not the same game, but for some reason it gave me the feel of like Dragon Realms, uh, dra- dra- yeah, Dragon Realm, Dragon Wood, those games. Um, it's what, heavier than Dragon Wood. It, it's not like sure. you're making like these super difficult decisions, but building up your dice pool and rolling for those to see what you get is fun. The push, push your luck in this is it, yeah. this is a push your luck game. Like that's the the biggest like drive of this game, and I, I think it's fun. I, I enjoyed this one. It, the first time we played, it overstayed its welcome, it feels like, and mm-hmm. it can do that. But I think we got some, uh, I don't know if we got a rule wrong or something. There's something that dr- was dragging, not drag in, in the first game 
that that made me not like it as much. I don't think we got a rule wrong. It I may have just been it took a, a longer time to to clear out the board. It was uh, well. Remember, I let me rephrase that. The first time I did mess up the rules. So remember, we played through like three or four rounds, and then just said, you know what, I screwed it up really bad. Let's reset it. And then we oh, re- that's right. So that's that might right. have made it feel longer than it actually was. So it's like we were playing back to back, I guess. Kind of, yeah. yeah. So I think that's probably what it was. That's right. But but overall, I enjoyed it. But it's not something I honestly don't remember what I gave this one. I think I was at a six and a half on this one. I, go I back think and, you were. Um, but, that's but where you were. I still I liked it. I thought so. You're it was not fun. really usually willing to play this one. Yeah, but I will play it. Yeah. Uh, because it's it's fun and quick. But yeah, nothing that's like, ooh, I gotta play this right away. But still, I, I enjoyed it, and I think a lot of people would like this one. Yeah, so this is an Alexander Fister game, as Dean mentioned earlier, which you know both he and I are pretty decent Alexander Fister fans. Uh, I was excited about this. I requested this game. Um, thank you, Amigo, for sending us this game. I was pretty pumped to play it, and you know, Dean and I had some fairly similar feelings. I do like the way that you're pushing your luck. I like the way that to upgrade your camp, it, all the camps have a number on them. So you may roll something. So let's just say you roll five dice and up to upgrade your camp, you need a two. Well, that's a really tough decision if you roll two twos and you know, I can upgrade my camp twice, but twos are pretty low numbers yeah. compared to the six or, you know, and so you kind of making those calls of, all right, I guess I'm going to focus on upgrading this right now. I may not get to kill the monster that I want to. Um, but then the other thing that I like about the game is that whenever you spend 10 um, uh, point values or through cards or some other way, you get what's called a caged monster. Those monsters are half the value, basically, of regular monsters that you go out and get. But when that happens, when you as you're out there getting the cards in the display, you're not refilling it until someone gets a cage. When that gets a cage, then you refill it and you put your own token on those cards. And at the end of the game, if your token's still there, you get those cards. Now they're at the half value, but that's really cool. Like because it gives you those. Oh man, I really want to go get this monster that's big. But wow, I could put like four tokens out right now. But then again, if I do that, Dean could potentially swipe them all up. And so maybe I just wasted my time doing that. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. That's probably my favorite part. And that was fun, absolutely. And the the game that we played, uh, we've not released this video yet, but we did a playthrough of this one. Should soon. And uh, towards the end of the game, it became the decision whether or not I wanted to end the game or keep it going. Um, I think you had mentioned when we had played that that you know the potential for a runaway leader. Yeah. Um, I guess I, you know I, I think that that could be the case. You might know who the winner is um, maybe but, earlier on, but I still think there's a lot of opportunity to catch up. I think most games are going to be pretty close, pretty tight, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. There was like, I mean, it's just it's my fault, I guess. But early in the game. I had a, some really bad dice rolls, and then to try to make up for it, I pushed my luck and made it worse, and that was my fault. Like you know, and then by that time, it was going to be almost impossible for me to come back and beat Dean. Yeah, and Dean kind of had a similar experience like that uh, whenever we were playing our first or second game, and I had a pretty easy win. It was closer for sure than the game that Dean absolutely destroyed me on. Right. But I mean, I think we were pretty sure we knew what was going to happen. But you know, several plenty of rounds before the game was over. Yeah. So that's a little bit of a now the game then this is where I don't love it is that I feel like it's can be a little longer than I would want it to be personally. The box says 30 minutes or it says I know it doesn't. I don't think the box actually has a time. Now maybe it does in the rule book. BGG says 30 minutes. 
I felt like our games were more 30 to 40 minutes probably, and which is fine. Like, and, I, and maybe you can get down even less than that. But I feel like if it was more of a 20 to 30 minute game, I would have liked a little bit more. Um, and so especially when you kind of have an idea of, you know, sometimes who's going to win. Again, I would say most of the time you probably don't. It's probably pretty tight. Uh, I think I think the biggest issue for me is I, yes I can see that but I think I want more variability in the cards like a lot of I agree with a that. lot of the cards are the same like you're collecting these three different types so that you can get a black die that's you know a lot of the cards are that yeah. card um, some that will allow you to move up on a track if somebody bust there's several of those there's just not enough in those you know not enough differences in those cards I would want to see more to really raise that one up a little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. And that's why I said if it was, I mean, either or. Either get more interesting cards or more cards or make it shorter. Yeah. To where if, like, it was a 20-minute game and I could just chuck some dice and do that pretty quick. Yeah. I would like it better as well. So, it was fine. I think I gave it a 6 out of 10, which means, you know, sometimes when people hear, I give that a 6 out of 10, well, that doesn't sound very good. It's not great, but it means, okay, we'll play if in the mood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's... Plenty of games that I feel like that about that I don't think are bad games. Absolutely. But I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I'll play if in the mood, but am I usually willing to play? No. I mean, honestly, I'd I mean I'm gonna play I'd play can't stop over this. I mean, wouldn't you? Or no? They're different. I mean, I, I know they're push your luck, but they're very different games. Okay. So you would maybe play this in certain situations over that. Yeah, yeah. But you know, if I want just a really quick just push your luck, yeah. then, then can't stop. Or do I really play Vegas that. than this? Yeah, Las Vegas and this. I mean, there's a lot of like actually go to gamble in Vegas. No, you I'm wouldn't not, rather do that. I'm not a gambler. Okay, we ready to do the whatnot, whatnot cabinet? What what is that? I don't know. Tell us what the whatnot cabinet is. I will as soon as I look it up on BGG. How about that? Are you serious? Sorry, I had the other games up. I forgot to have that on there. Hey, do you know this is really funny? Uh, when I usually just type what I'm saying, so I was in BGG typing out BGG the whatnot cabinet, which obviously got no results because <laughs> I put BGG in front of it. So I just wanted to make sure that I get everybody's names uh, correctly here. So the whatnot cabinet is a pencil first game. And what initially drew me into it was the fact that Beth Sobel is one of the artists there. We've already talked about her. Let's talk about her again. She does great work. Um, Kim, Kim Robinson also helped with the art, it says here, but Beth and Steve Finn, uh, which I'm, Dean and I both are pretty big Steve Finn yeah. fans. Um, and then there's also uh, Eduardo, Eduardo Baroff, and he's – isn't he the owner of Pencil First or the main man over there, I believe, and Keith uh, Majeka. Matejka? Matejka, I think, sorry. I, think, I don't know if that's right. I could be wrong on that too, but – That's right. That's right. Sorry. I just totally butchered that horribly, but – Yeah, just, he's the founder. Um, Eduardo, Eduardo is uh, the founder of Pencil First Games. Yeah, that's what I thought. So – Anyway, so in the, in the, that was uh, that all kind of intrigued me for this game. So this game is hey, it's kind of funny. We just got done. Um, Dimming said, "What are some games that are simple to teach, but very grueling on decisions?" This could be in that category, right? Um, whether you like it or not, that's one thing. But I think it could fit into that category. So on this in this game, you're going to just take your pawn and you have a whatnot cabinet. It only has nine slots. You're only getting nine things to put into your cabinet over the entire course of the game, and that's everyone's going to do that. And every round, you're going to end up with two things in your whatnot cabinet. That's, um, is that right? 
I'm trying. It's a little different in the two-player game. So if I got that wrong, I apologize. But you're going to take your pawn and you're going to do one of five actions. So it may be that you're going to draw two out of the bag and one of those you have to keep. There's also this outdoors area that starts off with like four tiles. So the first thing you could do is, again, draw two tiles out of the bag random, Marlin Rando. You pick one and then you also get to pick one from like the whatnot uh, I mean, not with the whatnot, the outdoors area. There's different ones that allow you to put tiles into the outdoors area. So maybe you put two tiles down there. Now you've got six to pick from if there's still four of those left. And now you get, you know, more options for what you want to take. Um, but you could sweep it away, the outdoors area, and put new ones in there. But there's just several little things that are basically, they're similar actions, right, Dean? We've talked about that. They're fairly right. similar actions. But what you're trying to do is this. You're trying to get in the rows and columns. Like, if you, they're all the same, you'll score maximum points. I believe if you have a whole column, which is going to be um, four. 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 Yeah. So did I say right when I said nine? No, that would be 12 spots, not nine spots. It's four and two and then three and one, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's... I think so. So four if you get the same color, or two, as Dean said, if you get all different colors. You can't have two purples, right. though, mm -hmm. and a blue and a red. It has to be all completely different. And then on the rows, it has to be the same exact um, type of object, whether it's bottle or a crystal or something like that or an animal. But it doesn't matter what the colors are at all. Or you have three different types of that. So... With that being said, that's the whole game. You play like three rounds, and it's over lickety split. But it's really tough on your decisions because you also have different – two more things. You have a, a, a type of bottle or whatever type of item that you're going to score a point for for everyone you get in your thing. Everyone has the same. It's a random card that's drawn at the beginning of the game. You also have like five different race two cards. Like, hey, if you have three of the same type of object in a row, in a column, or whatever it is, I have no idea, then you get the two points. So you're racing to those. And then also, some of the tiles have crowns, and they're just worth a bonus point at the end of the game. So there's a lot of decisions packed in. <laughs> yeah. Just putting these tiles onto your board. I mean, it's just like, it's it's crazy, Dean. <laughs> I'm just serious. <laughs> it is. Now, I, I think this is a really well-designed... 12 tiles. I think this is a really well-designed game, okay? I think that the tightness is something that will appeal to a lot of people. I know it does to you. I'll go ahead and say I, this is not a game I, I like very much. Um, but, again, this was a personal preference thing, not Stunner that it was designed well. I thought you were going to really like this game. The issues that I had with it is... It, okay, my experience is with a two-player game. And one, I think this is probably going to be a better game at a higher player count it, for me. I, don't, I might be yeah. wrong about that, but I did not enjoy it at two players. Part of that was because... You don't get a lot of points in this game, and you only have three rounds. And so in those rounds, the in-game scoring from, the, um, from taking those first two spots seems to be very powerful in the games that we played. Um, in this, it, it really, so there's, yeah, there's three spots, as Dean's saying, and they're right. going to give you three, two, and one victory points. In a two-player game, instead of just moving a pawn and doing an action, and, and that's your whole round, you have two pawns. So... That's what he's trying to say. So if someone got like the two and the three, that's a that's that's a lot of points. Yeah, yeah, and that that was bothersome to me because like, and it's again not that it's poor play on my part for sure, but a lot of it, the feeling that I had was that I just wish this wasn't a thing. Like I wish that the importance of taking those first two spots wasn't really a factor in the game decisions you know what i mean yeah so that was a negative for me i did feel like um 
I'm not usually the one that, that has an issue with randomness. Maybe it's because I had some bad experiences in the games that I played, but the randomness in the tile draws can be frustrating at, at times, especially because there's one spot that the, the last spot compared to the first spot is not that much different, right? Yeah, Dean doesn't like random draws. Mm-hmm. Okay. I checked his, his, his dresser. So there's one where you're going to draw three tiles out of a bag and keep uh, keep two, right? Keep one. What is that first spot? I can't remember what it is. You've already said it. but No, I, did I say it right, though? I got to go back and like look at some pictures of that. It's that drawing three, board. I think, and keeping two. And then there's another one that's essentially. That's true. That's what it is. I, to, I said it wrong, I think, when I was explaining it. But that's right. You, you draw three and you keep two. And then there's one that's drawing four and keeping. You lay them out on the table and keep two. But if that's like one of the last actions that you take it can be just as random almost as taking that first action, but the first action gives you the first player marker. So it actually becomes a much better spot in my opinion. Yeah. There are five slots on the action selection board. And so whoever's in the furthest left spot, whoever takes that, which would you would think be the kind of lesser action then gets to go first Mm -hmm. the next round. And Dean is right. Like I had not thought about it like he did to recognize if you draw three out and you have to take two, that's not that much different than drawing four out because you sweep away everything that's already in the. That's right. That's why it's drawing yeah, four out uh-huh. and taking two. Um, but then you but, also either get those points or the first player for the next round. That's right. That's so right. So I would but statistically a three out of four, a two out of four, a one out of four. Is, I mean, picking two out of four is definitely better. Yeah. But yeah. it's not like you're saying you don't you don't see the huge difference in that. Yeah, between the first place and the last place, but. But overall, again, I think it's I think it's a game. John likes this much more than I do, and and I get it. I get why he likes it, and I get why he thinks that I would like it. But it just there were several things that just rubbed me the wrong way that made me not care to play it really, and and that's fine. It's weird, you know, because these are the kind of games that you know we talk about randomness in games. I've had a lot of conversations about randomness in games. Um, here's the thing, though, what I think that you can mitigate a. Position yourself pretty well in this game. Now, can you get hosed at the end? Yes. All right. Some people, kind of. The thing is, though, is it's only three rounds, so that second round is really important for like what happens going into the last third round. So, like, if you get first dibs, you know, in the second round, but again, that's thirty three percent of what you're doing in a two player game. Right. Right. You know, I don't. I, I guess it's. I guess the way it works out with the three or four, I can't remember, it would be six rounds or something like that. But the round before the end, like that really matters what you do there um, because it, again, positions you in for next round. But let's just say you get first dibs and nothing in the outdoors really helps you, you know, and then now you're like, ugh, like that could be kind of frustrating, I guess. Um, but I don't know. I've, I've, I don't know. I've never really had too many frustrating feelings that of the game because I feel like, it's a lot of push your luck. Mm-hmm. So you can design your cabinet to where you're like, okay, if I get this, it's fine. Or if I get that, it's fine. It, I'd rather get this, but if I get this or then this, or you can position yourself to go, I need this tile and I win or lose based on that. And I generally position myself to go give myself options to where yeah. if I don't get exactly what I want, I'm still okay. So I, I like that. So there's definitely push your luck in the game. Mm-hmm. So I like that about the game. I really like it. Like, I mean, it doesn't like, knock my boots off but it's one i think i'm going to get to the table a decent amount because when it comes to randomness this game was like 15 minutes mm-hmm. so if i just 
draw poorly, it doesn't work out the way I want it, let's just run it back. And so if I played for an hour, then I might get more frustrated with this game. And I would might understand what Dean's saying. But I don't mind, like, if I know I'm going to play – could play three games of this in a row. If it doesn't go my way one game, I'm not going to – it's not the end of the world. I'm just going to take my ball and go home. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why. No, I'm that's at. fine. <laughs> like, I, I really do, like – that was perfect that Deming said that because I don't think – I don't know if this would make my list for that, but I think this is one of those – thinky short games i mean the box says 20 30 minutes i mean i think 30 minutes most I mean, you could get have ap um you could get you could get some ap and really takes a while to make some decisions. i think you most definitely will have have yeah. ap in this and, and again it's a short game so it's not that big of a deal but when you're only taking uh six actions is that right six in a two-player game you're taking those yeah two actions per round you always get two rounds. tiles so you're yeah. all, no matter what player game you're always taking six actions. right so it's gonna be six six actions, actions for right. the whole game yeah um but when you're taking like for it to take a game that's drawing two two tiles per action and filling up a 12 tile board yeah and it takes 30 minutes 30 minutes to play i would say that's actually a decent amount of ap can be, I, but what I was saying was I feel like my games have been definitely shorter than thirty minutes most of the time. Yeah, Not that's, every time. that's probably right. I, like I feel like right. it's more. 15, I feel minutes. like it's more fifteen to twenty minutes. But I do think Dean, you and I might have had a thirty minute game um, at one point, or at least kind of pushing it. So if it was always thirty minutes, I wouldn't be as as excited or recommended as much as I do. Like I'm not sure where I'm at. Uh, I'm going to do a video for this. I'm probably in like the seven, seven and a half range, which is a good game I'm usually willing to play. Borderline um, would be suggesting, and I would suggest it in certain situations. I just don't. I hate. I just don't like the way BGG says that. Sorry, I just don't like. It's like would suggest. Well, there's game. I could suggest Ticket to Ride in the right situation, but it's not at eight compared. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I get. So I kind of look at it as: Am I going to regularly suggest it? Is kind of the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, um, and I might actually. So I would say somewhere between a seven and an eight, probably more like a seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Yep. I am definitely not there, but I think people really like this. It almost pains me to say that. I know because you love games Stephen. Are are oh, I, I've loved pretty much everything that I've played. You know, I, I've really enjoyed a lot of a lot of his games. But there's not a lot of ratings on this, but this is seven and a half out of ten right now, which mm-hmm. is pretty darn high. I get it. I get it. I think a lot of people are going to like this one. Just wasn't uh, wasn't for you. Just not me. Yep. All right. The next game we're going to talk about, maybe the is this the last one. Yep. Before our review, is Streets. Streets is a game from Hawken Gardner uh, as the designer and the artist, and this is uh, from Sinister Fish Games. Hey, let me take off my headset while I take off my shirt. What? You said that we're we're playing Streets. No, no Streets. Street S T R E E T S. You made that joke in the video, too. All right, are you, are you done? Okay, sorry. I said something that was funny, and Dean was like, that was inappropriate for our, for the people that listen to our video. A pretty common occurrence on the in the background of Meepletown. I did use the same joke twice, and actually the reason I did that was not for Meepletown, was to see what Dean's reaction would be to being boring and saying the same joke twice. Sometimes John and I try to make each other laugh That's when we're doing the podcast. So if you I did have my shirt laughing. most of the way off while he was trying to do the <laughs> <laughs> try to do that. Whatever this is why we don't doing. do videos of the recording of the podcast, maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, we do sometimes. We do sometimes. That's right. But we have to be under our best behavior. The theme of this one is, so the city was once a small and sleepy town, but the affordable properties have attracted artists, startup companies, and families. Celebrities and influencers are moving in. Basically, John has three tiles. I have three tiles. 
I'm gonna place a tile, I'm gonna put my ownership marker on that, and then I'm going to place the different colored meeples, types of meeples. So you've got tourists and shoppers and hipsters and parents that are gonna go onto those tiles and they'll help with scoring. And each tile is gonna have a scoring condition. So when the street is closed off, meaning you've got two like end caps on those the streets, the max street you can have is five, then you'll score all the tiles in that one. And they might be, if you have this many symbols on all the tiles on that street, then you're gonna score two points per those symbols yep. or you know, lots of different things. You also score for the amount of people that are on that tile. Then when you score the street, all the people are gonna scatter. They're done. They're done with that street because it's no, no longer popular. So they're gonna move off to- It's about what's the most hip street, huh? So hipsters are gonna go to the hipster places and parents are gonna go to the parent places. And what if there's not an empty building for them to go in, John? Then they have, uh, what is that called? FOMO? They got FOMO. I didn't know what that was. They got, you need to say that to the listeners. I, we are. You literally just said it to the listeners. What it actually means. Oh, fear of missing out. You didn't, you've never heard that? No. Nah. That's not right. I don't know anything. You don't know what FOMO is. I didn't until this game. You, I, have, I, I think that I heard someone say that before, but I didn't know what it meant. You have a man bun, John. I'm not people Give think it back. people Take think it. that I'm a hipster but I'm not there's just like certain stylistic things that I like but like I don't know what's cool. I don't I mean I drink coffee but I don't go to the Bucks. Actually I don't like Starbucks like really at all. Yeah, I'm with you on that. That like, might be an old man I'll thing. make my own coffee but I'll make drip pour over cuz I like it. You know why I like pour over coffee? Because you're a hipster. No, because I Keurig is a bunch of plastic things. My wife has Keurig. I don't like using it cuz it just kills the environment. Which, you know, I just don't like that. But also on top of that. Nothing about what you're saying is making you less hipster, by the way. <laughs> it's cheaper. That's it. It's cheaper. Like, it is cheap to make a little pour over a cup of coffee. There you go. Now you're not a hipster. No. That's it. That's where the old man comes out. I'm like, hey, I can make a cup of coffee for 15 cents or 10 cents instead of paying $3 at Starbucks for burnt coffee. That's just okay. It's not the worst. It's just nothing need a, to write I need home a pour about. over, by the way. I, I've been oh, thinking yeah, about that a lot. It's the way to go. I you got to get a little kettle, you know what I'm saying? A little electric kettle yeah, with uh-huh. a gooseneck because if you don't, then you can't get the goods around the edges. I have one. I have one of those. Look at that. So I just got to get the pour over thing. It's like 15 it bucks on Amazon. I use a Keurig, but I have a, a uh, one of those reusable oh, yeah. cups or whatever. Dean's pretending like he cares about the environment. <laughs> Anywho. Uh, FOMO means that you're going to stay in your spot until the shop opens up that you can go to because hipsters don't like to go where the parents are. Parents don't, don't like to go where the shoppers are, right? That's it. Spend too much money. Then you're going to score up the points and probably I'm going to win the game. Yeah. Is that that's, right? Oh, absolutely. Is that an well, actually, that's not true. Yeah, it's not true. We've you're only right. played you, it. A, I beat you the first time we played it, You right? whipped me the first time, yeah. actually. But what really matters is what happens on camera. And we haven't done that one yet, so who knows? Who won that game? Uh, we don't know. Yeah. I, uh, at least, I'll, at least I can tell you all the massive butt whooping that I did on Dean last year, like beating him nine to three is absolutely <laughs> not happening this year. You better let's hold on say, to that because times are changing, that. my friend. Oh man. I hope that it doesn't come back the opposite. It's not as bad so far, but you never know. Jeez. Well, what'd you think about this game? First, okay. Art, art and art and components. Let's, I, we, talk we don't it. normally do that, but. But the designer also did the art on this. I really like the art design. It's fantastic. And the theme like design is really cool. It's unique. I, well, I told Dean the whole like the art's really good and like there's a lot of city laying tile laying games out there. And for them to kind of incorporate this kind of like hipster culture and kind of I think poke fun of it a little bit maybe while you're yeah, I, I just and being accurate as well. Like Were you just kind of have by that? I would just say have fun with it is the right way to say. It. No, I loved it. Like I thought that was I thought it was hilarious. 
um, and fun. And I loved the theme, like kind of taking again, putting a little twist on city building, not going crazy to, I mean, maybe going crazy to something else would be awesome, but putting a little twist on it meant something to me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, how many tile laying city building games are there out there? A bunch. A ton. A bunch of them. Yep. And this is very much that. So you better separate yourself in some way. And I think at very least it's I think done they did. through theme. Yeah. I yeah. really think they did. Because we would look at the tiles, and now I'm kind of blanking on a lot of the fun ones that they had. There's a brewery um, in there. There's um, craft brewery. and Yeah. But there were some funny things. There's some things. silly ones. Yeah. yeah. There's some silly uh-huh. stuff in there. And, I, and we kind of laughed and showed each other. And and so that was actually cool. I like that about it. Small box game as well. Really small box. Like the Trivial Pursuit, like the card box, you know? It's like that kind of box. Um, I like this one. I think mm-hmm. this was a fun game, and I didn't know what to expect because, again, tile placement, city building, seen that before. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot of tension in this game. Sure. The biggest part is when to close off the streets because if John closes off the street there's there might be a chance that he's not going to be able to then close off that street that he's using his tile for to close off. Yeah. So he's going to get less points. So you might, if John's going to close Those off, are tough decisions. Like, man, I really want to go on that street, like exactly what Dean said, but if I close it, then it starts a new street and shoot. Yep. I'm helping them by closing it, but it's not always a bad thing to do, especially because the game ends when you are when you run out of the tiles yeah. and you want to make sure that those streets are closed because if you still have open streets... <laughs> Then those buildings, Sorry. then those buildings will get you less points at the end of the game, half points at the end of the game. That was a squeaky sneeze at the end. <laughs> I was trying to hold it in the best I could without going absolutely crazy. Yeah, I think there's there's a lot of interesting decisions, and then we'll like the people are in FOMO. All of a sudden, now there's four pink ladies or men or whatever they are. They're both because they're shoppers, right? Um, standing up, and you're like okay, I really wanted to play this tile here, but if I play my pink one right now, I get all four of those, which are going to be worth four points. Pinks are the tourist. Oh, shoppers are blue. You don't care. Shoppers right, are sorry. blue. Sorry. No, I. sorry. That's right. You're right. Parents are green. I'm looking at a picture right yeah. here. That's why I'm... Okay. No, sorry. you're right. So anyways, and so those are really those are really interesting decisions. Uh, I thought the game was, was fun. It was... Um, I didn't have a lot of expectations one way or the other going into this game. And I just remember, like, I thought it was a solid, like, uh, what's the weight on this? I can't even, I'm trying to pull it up here. So it's a 2.0. There it is, 2021. But there's not a lot of ratings, so it could be, you know, could go up or down. I would say that's probably about right. About right. Maybe a little more than that. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit more. Um, Because especially if you add um, some of the expansions that I thought was the best expansion that they sent us or that we got was the one where you have a uh, a role to play. You're a city planner or you're something like that, and it gives you a a huge bonus. Yep. Like, they're all massive bonuses, and it really points you in certain directions and which ways to go and stuff. I like that in games. Oh, I do, too. I like when your special ability is really powerful. I do, too, because it makes the games feel so different. Uh And there's a lot to explore in games whenever you do that. Yep. If we ever do a game, maybe we should do that, Dean. I think yep. that would be kind of fun. Like you win I mean, the game. I love Terra Mystica because of that. Cause it's just like, they're so wildly different. And yeah. It's just like, Oh, I got to play this game totally different now than yeah. I've played it before. And I, th- I just really think that that's fun. Um, yeah, I like this game. You know, it, this is as I'm, it's not as blowing my socks off like the most, but it's a really solid medium light game that I have fun. And it's, it says 30 to 60 minutes. Two players, I'd say it's more towards the 30-minute mark of that, don't you? 45 under. 
I'm trying to think. When we recorded, I think it was probably maybe it was about 40 an, or something. Yeah, it was closer to an hour, but that's also because you're talking through things yeah. a little more than you normally probably would. Um, but this was a fun one. Like, And this game is not that expensive. Uh, it's it's on – I'm going to just look it up here real quick. It's on um, pre-order. Gosh, couldn't think of what it was. Pre-order on – you know all these other sites, and I just pulled up the first one that came up was Mini Mart, twenty eight bucks. So you're talking like around thirty dollars. If this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, this is a a really good price for that. Game Nerds has it for twenty four forty seven. So that's a great deal for, yeah. for what you get in the box and stuff like that. The the, the tiles are nice and thick; they feel good. The people are not are just. Not just regular meeples, but I love regular meeples. They're just a little different, which I think is cool. Cloth bag, boxes to hold the components. Everything's organized well on that really small box. And it's a box. fun game. It actually really makes me want to go pick up Villagers now. I'd like to check that one out and see if that... Uh, I agree this with is that. The same designer and the, and the look is, is very much the same. So I would recommend this one. I think it's cool. Check it out. That's Streets. And let's go on to our review of Red Rising. <laughs> Alright, so now for the main review. Oh, I forgot the, how that went there. That was pretty good. We were actually together on that, I think. So That had to have been really annoying. Oh, it was awesome, actually. Okay. So Red Rising is, I mean, if you don't know, it is the latest Stonemeyer game. Jamie Stegmeyer and... I don't have a pull. I've been really bad about, like, really thinking. I, what I continue to do on this episode is think back at the game we just talked about, and I'm just continuing to think about it. If and you didn't I talk, I would have jumped in there, out. and I would have said it, and it would have been seamless. Okay, Alexander Schmidt. There we go. I had okay. it pulled up, so. All right, so the latest game that has come out now, if you don't know also, these are based on the books by Pierce Brown. Yep. Is that right, Dean? Uh, so wildly popular. My wife loves the series, was really excited to get this game. Um, so how does it play? You've got seven cards in your hand and you're five cards in your hand. Oh, five. Yeah, you right. start with five. My you bad. Can, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Thank you for correcting me though. You have five cards in your hand. You can't have, well, you can have as many as you want at the end of the game, but you're probably going to have between like five and seven, maybe eight or something. And basically on your turn, what you're going to do is you're going to take one of those cards, which all the cards have. Uh, in-game scoring and right every single one does right yeah. sometimes uh -huh. in-game scoring so when you play the card you're potentially you're giving up your in-game scoring for that card and so you're going to play that card and whenever you lay it down it will have a action on there that you'll get and then you also get the action of one of the four planets that you place it at so you might go up on a fleet track that's going to give you victory points you might go and get um, mine for what's the red gems called minerals that's uh, helium helium that's right yeah go mine for helium or you know, different things like that. But that's that's kind of the whole game is you're, you know, you're fighting for area control or area majority in the Institute. Um, you're tossing back and forth the sovereignty. Is that right? Is it the sovereignty? Sovereign, yeah, sovereign, the sovereign token. The sovereign yeah. token. Mm -hmm. Whoever has, the, has it at the end scores 10 points. Um, but that's it. Like you're, The whole game is about what do I want to do for the action versus what do I want to do for in-game scoring. And you're basically trying to build – kind of an in-game scoring synergies with your cards. So at the end of the game, you score a ton of points, right? And you, if you have more than seven at the end of the game, you lose 10 points per card. But most cards are worth at least 10 points. So it's not like you're really trying to keep it under that. It's not that big of a deal. What do you think about the art and components, Dini? 
Uh, some goods and some bads. I like the art. Um, I think the box looks really cool. Uh, again, yep, we're talking about. Good. We are talking about the collector's edition. Um, I've not actually seen any pictures or anything of the the normal edition of this, but so we'll speak from that. It's got the metal cubes in there, which there's an issue with that. But there's there's metal cubes. The the card stock is really well done. It's got gold foil for the gold faction on there, which is really nice. Um, really nice. Those ca- are really cool. Yeah, that's that's actually maybe even my favorite part. You it's got my the, favorite part. The card holders on there. You can see all this, by the way. We did a video for this, and it's it's already up. Yeah. But uh, so overall, I really like it. I've got two glaring issues from my perspective. Pun intended. Okay. Actually, I'll say one is an issue, but maybe not a glaring issue. So the cube color, John, you think this is the worst thing than what I do? I don't think it's the worst. The, the cube color on the brown and the gold are really close, and that there's no denying that. And the pink and the and the pink and the purple, purple right? Yeah. Yep. So the pink and the purple are also close. I don't think it really like makes it that bad when you're playing in the game because there's ways to like keep them separated. They're all in the same area. I don't know. For me, I get why that's like a bigger deal for some but i think there's ways of of uh, ways around that essentially yeah. one if you use the faction that uses a different color then that's not an issue at all but anyway but that can be an issue i think the bigger issue for me is the insert i don't think i talked about this in the video the insert is kind of frustrating because it's everything has its place which is really nice but the place where the cubes go you have to keep them in little bags which is kind of annoying but if you don't and you put it up on its side, the cubes everywhere. I know yeah. this from experience, dude. Like it, they're all over the place. Okay. The other thing is the place where you put the cards. You have the the big cards, the the main playing cards, and there's two slots for them. One slot they fit in great. The other slot they don't. They sink down into the other slot, so they're never yeah. going to sit flat. They're always going to be like falling into that other slot, which is a silly thing. I don't know why that is. Like I don't. I really don't understand. Yeah, why that wasn't done differently, but it there it is, and it's it's a frustration for like keeping everything together. Yep, is that it? I'm. I mean, I you my said goal, everything I needed to say. My goal when you ask me questions like that is to get all the information out, so, so you I have, have nothing to say. So I don't have to listen to John. I agree. I mean, the cute the, the shiny cubes are not good, but you can just go buy the cheaper version, and I think that problem's solved. Yep. I mean, I don't know if you, I don't think you're going to get the gold foil on the cards, though. That's juicy. Problem solved. Problem is solved. We solve the problem. problem. Is that a song? Solved. It is. From what? It's from Peg Plus Cat. Oh yeah. You know that show? I do know that show. That's a good show. It's a yeah. math math show for kids. Yeah, my kids never got into that show. They don't like math. They love math, but not the I show. Guess, I guess they hate. It's actually really funny. It's really well done. Now Pete the cat. Pete my the cat. My seven-year-old's a big fan of Pete the cat. Yep. So there you go. Um, but is the game good? Is it fun? And Stegmeier always does, I mean, overall with art and components, a very good job usually. A little faux pas on the one cube, those types of cubes. but bes- yeah. Or a big faux pas, maybe. I mean, I might be frustrated if I backed the collector's edition and that was like that. But everything else is really stellar. Yep. Ah. <laughs> yeah. I see what you, you did there. It? Did it feel thematic to you? No, I don't. I didn't read the books, so I asked. So let me. Can I defer even if that you didn't? To, did you? Did it feel nah, thematic? Not, okay. not even a little. Did it thematic. feel like you were doing anything other than playing cards for points? No. No, and I asked my wife the same question. Now, the best thematic part of it was she had the most fun 
more than playing the game, just like looking over the cards and seeing the artist depictions of who these people are. Cause she had read the books a long time ago. Yeah. And so she really enjoyed that. And like we, we were playing the game and she's like, I was like, you're taking forever on your turn. She's like, yeah, I'm looking at the cards. Like I'm just like checking out what they are and what they say. And, and so uh, I don't think, and I asked her if she felt like it was thematic and she said, nah, it's fun looking at the cards and like, but when you're playing the game, you don't feel like, I don't even, what is the theme? In have the, the game, gra- or yeah, yeah, have the great the wind. So uh, like, you're a house. Um, you're you're one of the the house leaders, and you're so like this is basically, basically Harry Potter for adults. No, you're putting yeah. together your best team. So basically, and that does kind of feel thematic that you're drafting the best. That's right. You told me team that. to be able to defeat the other houses. Essentially, is is what that is. It doesn't feel like that at all. Not at all. But the way that the cards because you don't know if you win. What if you draft a great team? Does that mean that team wins? Is that that the strategy? I mean, yeah. the theme. I mean, that's how that's how sports work. Yeah, but you don't actually play the game, and sometimes the best team doesn't win. No, nah, it's all done on paper. That's all you no. need. No, no, yeah. no. There's plenty of times the best team doesn't win. Yeah, that's why the lines have been losing that, for years. Probably. And that's why you beat me in board games actually, sometimes. <laughs> the lines don't win because they're a terrible organization, but they're the best team on paper. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, not true. They're never, the, <laughs> they're never the best. They're exactly where they they should be. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So maybe if there was like a grand tournament at the end or something, then it would be more thematic. Maybe that's the sequel to this. Maybe. Game. You've got your team built and together. Now you do something with like them. Uh, that would it, be cool. Like the Architects of the West Kingdom, like that series, like there are all these things coming together. Or like Explorers, Shipwrights, you build a ship, you go out, and then you defeat Vikings. If they do that, I you will defeat. be interested in trying the next game. You are Vikings. You're pillaging. There we go. You think you will? Yeah, just because I think that's a cool theme. What if it's a miniatures game? Mm-hmm. I'll be doing it. Okay. <laughs> you know what, what does I mean? that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be doing it. <laughs> you say weird things. All right. This game is it's interesting. So the the decisions that you're making, like I think, have some are, are interesting. So I'm, we're going to mention Fantasy Realms, which is a game that that is this is going to get compared to because it has a lot of similarities. So Fantasy Realms is basically just, I'm going to take this card for the points at the end. So you're doing this drafting series to be able to do that. Or, yeah, a a weird kind of drafting, but still drafting. This one, you are getting those cards to get the points. So, like, you're still doing that. But you also have special abilities on those cards that you're playing to that John was talking about, which makes it interesting. Do I want to keep this card for the points or play it for the powerful ability? I don't know. Do you want to place this card in this location so that you can draw from another location, even though you'd like to place in this location, but you're afraid that they're going to draw it and get that card. So there's a lot of like, I don't know, like tactical strategies, Mm -hmm. tactical, you know, uh, nuances to, to how you play your cards and where you play your cards. And the getting the points besides just the cards is another big difference, which I think is interesting because you can get a lot of points from helium or the fleet track or the, or the, what's the other one The influence in the, Yep. The Im- sovereign, Im- influ- sovereign token. No, no, no. The other one. The, the last one where you put influence into that. Institute. Institute. There we go. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think the most, Im- most important, no, the most interesting decisions are, I think, with the card play overall, don't you? And I, so that, those can be grueling too, Dean. I mean, you have this card that you really want, but wow, the action is really powerful. But here's the thing. You could get it back. You know, like you're like, hey, I can play this now. I had a card. I remember playing a game. It gave me a lot of points to go up the fleet track. I play it, and I'm like, yeah, but I can go up the fleet track twice by playing this card, and I hope I get it back. And guess what? In that game, Dean snatched it and never gave it back to me. 
And so you have that push your luck in the game, like, ah, because at the end of each round, you're picking up a card. So if you lay one down, then you're basically exposing it for someone else to get it. But you could be watching them and thinking, well, I don't think they're going to get it. I don't think they're going in that direction. Of course, they could be like, I can't let them have that card. They're going to score 40 points off that card if they yeah. have it. Uh-huh. And I, you do hate draft or hate pickup cards. There's no doubt about it. I did it in every game I played. Like, I saw Dean getting a lot of helium. I'm like, I can't give him something that gives him more point for helium at yeah. the end of the game. I just can't. Yep. I will lose the game. You know? And so, I like those decisions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. And I think also, you know, the the opportunity to ban- potentially banish cards changes that too. Because now I'm not keeping the card. If I can banish it, that would be even better. They don't get it, and I'm not clogging up my hand with cards that I don't need at all. Which I, th- I think that's interesting. Um I, I, my, one of the issues I know, John, that you have with this game, and I, I, I tend to agree, some of the cards, I mentioned this earlier, but they really feed off of other char- cards. So, like, I'll get points if this card is with this specific character. Yes. Well, the deck is a lot of cards. That's right. And so if you're playing a two-player over game... over 100 cards. Yeah, so if you're playing a two-player game, you won't even get through, what, like a quarter of those? Probably like a quarter. Yeah, somewhere around that. But there's a lot... There's a big chance you're not going to get that. But... I don't, it doesn't bother me as much because there was a card, this last game that we played, John, I kept a card and I was like, if I get the other card to this, it's going to be a lot of points. But if I don't, I'm going to lose points because of the way that it, you know, the way that it was in my hand. So I held on to it until the very end. And then that card never came out. So I ended up having to to change strategies and drop that one so I can pick something else up. And I, I thought that was interesting. But I also didn't want you to have that card necessarily early on because it had a powerful ability. And I, I really liked that. I thought that was that was cool, even though you, you're you never going to see that card that you really need. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That can be – I mean, there's positives to only going through a quarter of the deck. The positive would be the games are going to feel really different. Like, you're not going to just see the yeah. same cards over. That's the positive. But it can be frustrating for those reasons. And you can get through more cards or less cards depending on what cards come out. Because you – because there are cards that allow you to maybe go take two cards, you know, from the draw pile. Right. But, like, all the cards don't let you do that, you know. Uh, now, you can do that for one of your, like, for your action. But then if you do that every time, I just don't think you're going to win the game. Yeah. Because when you take that, you have to roll a die. And you just have to do whatever action it says to do, which is just absolute randomness, which I'm not a big, I'm not a huge fan of that. I mean, the positive is almost always you get something that you can use, but sometimes it's not really the best. Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, I didn't really need that. And so it was just a luck of the dice roll, which I'm, you know, whatever. I'm not, I don't hate that or anything, but yeah, that part of it, I just, I don't know. I didn't really like that about the card play. Um, I, there was something in this game that I was just like, I really should like this game. I don't know. Like, I, and I just never really got the feels. Like I just was kind of like, yeah, it's cool. It's fine. But like, I was, I was disappointed. Like, the way that Stonemeyer does it, some reviewers say they do a random draw. And I'll have to admit, I was disappointed because my wife really liked the game. And I was like, oh, man, I was really hoping to get that because it's my turn. Mm-hmm. And I have to take turns. Um, and I was really hoping to get that for my wife. But, you know, midway through our second game, I said, are you having fun? And she's like, nah. I'm like, okay, do you just want to stop? And she's like, yeah. And the reason was not that it was a bad game. It's like I got 150 other games on my shelf that were just like, we haven't played, you know, let's just go play something that we'd rather play. Yeah. I don't do that very much in a game. I, I mean, there's some really interesting parts to it. it you know, some fair, let me not rephrase that. There's some fairly interesting parts to it. And I get why, I think this can be a game like, I don't think it'll be as popular as like Wingspan and stuff, but like a really popular game because it's pretty easy to teach. There's some interesting card play. 
but it just didn't really do a whole lot for me. Yeah, and I get what you're saying too with the, you know, this could be a really popular game too. But the the thing with Wingspan, there's a lot of things with Wingspan. Wingspan is a great game. It just yeah. is, right? But it's really approachable. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Rising Sun is necessarily as approachable. That's why I said it won't have as, the uh, yeah the broad appeal. Because there is AP in this game, no doubt. Especially the first Absolutely. you know time or two that you're playing, because you're trying to figure out what are the rules. But then I have to know what all of these cards do, and that can be a big deal for some people. And then you can look so on the table on those worker placement spots, there are cards, and they're lining up over the course of the game. And you may have a card that says, go get, you know, a card in this row or of a certain color. And you got to pick that whole thing up and like look through it and figure out what they all are. So, and that's just, that's just for you to decide if you're going to play one of your six cards in your hand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I could play this, but what's in that row? Now I pick all the cards. Okay, find out. Okay, that's the orange one and that orange one. I could decide between those. Okay, now let me go to the next card and see what it would do. Yeah. And I think that that might have part of it, part to do with it as well for me. Like it, it has these feels of like a lighter game, but with a, with a lot of AP and usually I like that kind of stuff, but I don't know. That's why I say like you, I just feel like I should like it more than I do, but I've played it a decent, you know, several times now. And I just not excited about this game. The problem that you mentioned that's, so that's an issue. I didn't, I didn't think that that was a big, a big issue for me, but listening to Dukes of Dice, they had that same problem. Yeah. But for me, I played it a little bit differently. Like, I don't need to look through all those cards. I just, you know, does a color that I want match up with, you know, whatever's in my hand. I didn't approach it where I need to look through all, which is the less strategic approach to it. But it's the one that's going to play my turn much faster and and not feel like I'd have to look through everything. Because there can be information overload for sure. Absolutely. And this may not be the case in every game, but I feel like almost every game we played, there were one or two or three cards that had really powerful play actions and they just kept getting pa- passed back and forth oh, ba- over over yeah. over that, and that, that got kind of boring yeah. to me like i'm like yeah that's really powerful dude now maybe it's poor play maybe that is beginner's play it could be like but it just seems like yeah there's those two or three because like a lot of the cards have to do with getting cards like you place this here and then you slide one over here and then you get a card but you need cards too to get you helium or to race you up the fleet track if you're going to do something with that or to put more in the institute or whatever it may be and so like it feels like those cards are more f- farther and few between than the other ones and if they were m- maybe or it's just my experience but i feel like it was like that in every game and so it's like we're just i play it then dean picks it up then I, he plays it then i pick it up like yeah. not not the whole game of course but multiple times in a row and it just kind of loses its luster like i'm not oh yeah i just really want that card you know may, but you do have the decision of I really want that card, but I really want this Institute action. Yeah. And so, okay, do I really want, I don't really need any helium for what I'm doing, but I'd like to have that card. Um, so those are kind of interesting decisions, but I just thought that was kind of, it is, the game just felt kind of flat for me. Fine. It's okay. I don't get the people that are super excited. I mean, well, why don't you're moving into final thoughts. Let's go. Yeah. Ahead yeah. Yeah. And, and just I, I do get, I mean, I'm glad people. Yeah, never mind. I guess I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I'm like, I understand. I guess why people like it. Um, a lot of card play, like I've said before, you have those terraforming Mars, not game feels, but card play feels. You're trying to get your cards to have synergy, you know. Um, but it just because of the way you don't go through as many cards as terraforming Mars, or with a game like terraforming Mars, if you're drafting it, you're getting new cards all the time, fresh cards into the game. Yeah. This you're not. You're not getting fresh cards all the time, and it depends on whenever you first get. 
your first cards that come out of the game, if there aren't cards that go get more cards, like that's what happened to my wife and I, there weren't that many. There's like one or two that we were seeing. I'm like, uh, we're going to be kind of stale on these unless we just do these random draws and random dice rolls. But some people will like that. Some people will go, okay, I don't care. Let me figure out how to score the most points with what there is out on the table. And I usually like that, but I didn't love it in this game. Yeah. You know, I usually like saying, give me a, you know, we'll talk about next week, hopefully, in the Year of the Dragon. Give me a tough situation and let me figure my way out of it. But for something in this game, it just didn't quite do it for me. Uh, I believe I gave the 6 out of 10. Is that right? So, yeah. Yeah. okay, we'll play if in the mood. And I probably was honestly even, I was gentle. Maybe I give it a 5 out of 10, Dean. No, you didn't. I just looked it up a little bit ago. I should have given it a 5 out of 10. I retracted. <laughs> Mediocre. Take it or leave it. I use like I'm, I'm never going to be in the mood to, I, I probably won't be in the mood to play this game very much yeah uh it's dean mentioned fantasy realms if i want to play a game like this i'd rather just play fantasy realms it's simpler it's faster it's i like the way the cards work together better than the way the cards work together here i get that so for me i i prefer fantasy realms too it's different now john you've only played two-player version of fantasy realms and that is not a good play, way to play that game and i've only played red rising two players i do think yeah. it would be much better at a higher player count yeah but if you advertise a game as a two-player game then hey there you go you're set up for getting two-player critiques but i've only played two players on both and i prefer fantasy realms usually i like the game that's a little heavier like this but i you know those games that just kind of fit into that weird weight or something like that you're like and I usually like the one that's a little heavier. Dean and I talked about this. I like Queen Domino better than King Domino. And that happens a lot. But there's sometimes where I'm just like, nah, just give me the simpler version. Yeah. And you and that's, usually that's you usually like this simpler version unless uh-huh. it really adds a lot. Yeah. And then you King go Domino for that. is the better game, in my yeah. opinion, than, than Queen Domino. So, I yeah, we're, we're very different on that. Um, we're also different on our views of the game. I, I enjoyed this game. I, yeah. But I like that card play style. That, that fantasy realms offers my biggest issue is i don't love it either though that's I, I just don't think i love that style of having trying to figure out a way to get the most cards so that's a personal taste so i want people to realize that as they listen to what i rate it i think it's fun and exciting that that's what i feel about i fantasy get it realms. i want to like it more than i do yeah but I, I i totally get why people like that style and and this one is this it, this one does have the same feel so i'll go ahead and move my final thoughts but with this one, it still has that fun and excitement of the potential of the card that I really want to come out yeah. that can really score me a lot of points, right? If I get this character that I can get into my hand with this character, it's going to give me a lot of points. But I better not get this character in there because that one's going to lose me points. I think that's really exciting to like sure. try your best to, to really form that best combo. But the thing I like about this... And it, when I say I like Fantasy Realms better, it's it's probably rated the same. It's just, you know, like simplicity. Mm-hmm. But the thing I like about this is if the card play isn't really going your way, you can focus your attention more so on getting moving up the fleet track and you can get a lot of points there. Now, if you move all the way up the fleet track, I think it's... Oh, good. 40, 40, 43 43 points yeah that's 43 out of like you know a good game is 300 plus points that you're going to get so you can't just do that you're going to have that's to exactly get some right. points from cards yeah. but you can also get points from helium you can get points from the institute so like there's ways to get points that are don't even have to do with your cards you could just focus all your attention on saying i'm going to get the highest base value cards so some all cards have a base value and it might be like 35 
and then you get points or lose points based on the bottom section, mm -hmm. right? So you could just say, I'm gonna load up on just bumping up my base yeah. value, maybe even have a lot of cards, and then getting a lot of points from Helium and Institute and the yeah. fleet track, and that's a viable way of winning the game, I think. And I, I like that, I like that it does add that extra layer. So for me, I give this one a seven and a half out of 10, I've really enjoyed my plays. I think my expectation of this was higher, honestly, yeah. but I still we think it's a really, really fun game. We were both really excited about this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I, you know, again, I really like Fantasy Realms, and it obviously is very influenced by Fantasy Realms. But I do enjoy those extra tweaks and additional rules that are added yeah. to the game. I think it's fun. So that's a seven and a half for me. That's a six or five or somewhere around that for John. What's your defense? I'm not changing it. On I mean, I gave it a six, whatever. It's a, it's a five for me, honestly. Mediocre, take it or leave it. Okay, so that's our score. <laughs> Why don't you tell people how they can get in touch with us? All right, if you're enjoying our channel, or it's not our channel, this is our podcast, we would love for you to write a review on the podcast. As we mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash meepletown. We're at Meepletown Games on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we're board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Who are you to censor me, my good fellow? Like, why can't I just say what I want to say? And, like, you cut it off and, like, I'm just not letting you say that. There are children that listen to our show. There probably. are no children that listen to our show. My and my comment wasn't, like, it wasn't really risque. It had to do with mis pantalones. <laughs> That's it. The removal of said pantalones. <laughs> I like how you say said all the time. You like that? No.